the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it's a Monday. I wish I could say that uh, it was an uneventful weekend, but I cannot. It was a very eventful weekend, although the shootings did not take place in Houston or Michigan. Did you hear about that today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, former Vice President Biden said, my sympathies go out to the folks in Houston, in Houston. and in Michigan. Well, it was El Paso in Ohio, uh, that the, show, the shooting's date in Ohio, to be exact, uh, that happened in uh, this weekend. And did you, did you see some of the stuff that's come out about this guy in Ohio? It's weird. Satanist? Well, it just, it's just so weird. It's like <laughs> everybody knows that he was kind of a nut job uh, in school. He was oh. he was he was taken out of school, given suspensions and everything, because he had a hit list of girls he wanted to rape and people he wanted, wanted to, to kill. kill as a high schooler. Yeah, in in as a senior. But nothing happened. They nothing, just took him no, out. They, they, they took, didn't come they back him, to school. He, yeah, he got to come back. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you something about the Parkland shooter <laughs> today that nobody knows about. hasn't It's never been reported, uh, you know, big time. Uh, Ed Monk from uh, Last Resort Firearms is going to be on with us at about 2.35. And by the way, uh, let your friends know to be watching. If you're watching on Facebook, don't miss that segment because he's bringing a whiteboard in. and There's going to be something to see. Yeah, he's going to show you how that Parkland shooting went down and why it went down the way it did because people at the high school didn't do what they were supposed to do. That would be the law enforcement. No, no, no. no they had. That, you're talking about the high school folks. Yeah, they the, got. You know, they got high school. Uh, the response team that, and the people. Yeah, and they. They didn't do their job either. A, yeah, here's what one of them walked in the building, saw the shooter at the other end of the hall, saw him head for a stairwell. He goes for the st- stairwell. He goes up. He didn't know where this guy was going to go. The guy stopped in the stairwell, and pulled out the uh the firearm that he had and was loading it up and getting it ready a freshman walked into the stairwell saw him he looked at the freshman said you better get out of here because things are getting ready to get messy (gasps) he went out of the school went and got a and and reported it to one of the school security people not anybody with a gun or anything just telling them they didn't call the cops they didn't call anybody. They didn't notify anybody. This person left, walked outside the building, went around the building, and came in the other end. The kid that had the gun came out of the stairwell and started shooting. The guy that had seen him at the other end of the hall and had started going up the stairs because he thought that's the way the kid was going to go. He goes up. He hears. He hears the shots. Now, Ed's going to confirm all that I'm telling you. He hears the shots. He goes up the stairs. 
gets in a closet and doesn't come out again until it's all over, doesn't call the cops, doesn't call anybody, doesn't notify anybody. And nothing has happened to these people. The only thing that that they've the only person they've gone after is a deputy. Well, yeah, and the sheriff. But I'm just telling you when you see this, and, and Ed I, Ed has the di- has the diagram. Uh, he'll give you a website. You can see some of this on video as it was unfolding, and it's it's not that our schools aren't. Uh, safe because we're not we don't have enough metal detectors we don't have the people right that have people. the common sense to know what the hell to do as compared to the young man that was caught on video over the weekend who was at the mall the soldier the, at the walmart the yeah. soldier who they're said, grabbing kids and I tried run to off grab with up them. all the kids and i couldn't get them i, I yeah. tried i tried to help them as opposed to the man who got out of his car with his mother when the shooting began the guy was 20 feet away he puts his mother back in the car they go to the other end of the parking lot he didn't leave yeah he stayed around and he see what stayed happened. and waited and then he gets out of his car to try to go help the people that were injured you know how he could have helped them run the guy over well i'm just saying though as compared to those kinds of people then you get that kind of creep i'm not a mom but i'm here to tell you you know our kids are not being protected and this, it's by this, adults i'm that just act telling like you this is why about. i'm all about concealed carry and even open carry if, if somebody had had a gun there they could have neutralized that guy yeah yeah. You know, by the way, I use the word neutralize. It's for all of you bleeding hearts out of there that don't want to hear somebody say they could have killed him. Which is what they had in mind for their victims in the first place. Yeah, well, they needed to be killed. The guy the guy in um, Dayton killed his sister. Yeah, I wonder if he knew it was his sister. I don't know. No one, That's you know, my, nothing I've seen. But he sounds like he was, everybody they've talked to have said that this kid was off his fellow classmates all said everybody knew he was nuts okay now i'm going to touch that third rail but yet people do not want to even discuss red flag laws Mm -hmm. well we don't need red flags we don't trust that they'll be applied appropriately and properly because they won't be but here on the other hand we have these people walking around that i mean the kid in parkland florida in fact that's what you reminded me of the officials the school officials are implicated in covering up for that kid in parkland Again, you know he was for, in trouble and was let back you know, in school well, repeatedly yeah. did, repeatedly did you know what he had what they had to do with him every day he came they searched him oh is that how they let him back in school they just when he him. came in they searched him every day if he had a back oh, he couldn't have a backpack but if he came with a, a bag or anything, they searched it. They and searched it. That's all they it. did. They made sure he didn't have any weapons. Ed's going to talk about that too. Mm, 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 There's a lot coming up here on the Dave Ellswick show. I'm just telling you, we've got a problem. Yeah, and we've I'm, got a big I, and problem. And I'm going to make another suggestion, and people are going to say, "I can't believe Ellswick." He's going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm I'm I've got to believe. There's other people thinking it. People who show up. And our mass shooters need to be brought forth, put on trial, found guilty, because they're guilty. There's no doubt about it, all right? Oh, yeah, they're, everybody they're sees. But got a fair trial so they can be found guilty, and then they need to be executed right then. 
exactly what President Trump said this morning. Right then. Quickly, without all, all the delays. Yeah, I'm not saying it. No, there's no, nobody does a mass shooting should go to prison for years and years and years and years. Oh, the, you're right. I mean, unless we start taking care of these people in a, in a, in a way that everybody knows what's going to happen immediately. It's going to continue. This going, and I'm not even sure that's going to stop. These some of these people are so unbalanced. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, again, there is this thing. There are evil people. There are evil things that yeah. happen. And I don't care how many gun laws or anything else you want to put into place. They're going to find a way to do what they well, want to do. All three of us are believers here. Elizabeth's here, of course, and then you got, <laughs> you know, we got Russ over on the other side. There's a part of the scripture that says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against you know, principalities of another spiritual realm. And that is, and exactly. That is exactly what we're, we're fighting at times. Ed's here. Tell Ed to come on in, Russ. Come there's, on. there's evil in the world, and that's what yes, is at work. Yes, there is evil. And by people making excuses for it, bad childhood, oh, it really isn't that awful. We'll let him back in school as long as we search him every day. Okay, come on. Come You're on putting in. everybody else at risk. Did Russ search that bag of yours before you came in? <laughs> okay, you didn't. Okay, I just we're, we're going to need to frisk you, sir. I, I, I just know. I I I, I said, no. I'm going to put you right there. You're you're going to be in the front so that you can turn that whiteboard. I was already talking about you. Um, it's good stuff. Um, but uh, Ed's here today, and I asked him to come in specifically because he was. We had lunch together today. I do this. Uh, because I have people that I talk to on a continuous basis that give me information that I need. And Ed's one of those people. And whenever there's a shooting like this, hey, Ed. he is the guy. He's the guy. I'm going to put you, sit your, you got to put your butt down there because you just bent over and everybody was looking at your derriere. <laughs> right. He didn't know the camera's <laughs> over there. <laughs> no extra charge. That was Ed Monk, sir. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was Ed Monk's cheeks. Okay, he's giving you a cheeky. Kind I of thing. say that. <laughs> All right. So th- this is Ed Monk. Ed Monk is the man behind Last Resort Firearms Training. You've heard him many a time on my show. Uh, he and I are big proponents of concealed and even open carry, and uh, that you need to be trained with a firearm. And you need it, to be proficient. I mean, Ed, does it... Cross your mind, we're talking El Paso, Texas, and there was nobody there with a firearm at that Walmart? Oh, there well, were. Well, we, we don't know for sure there was no one with a firearm other than the shooter, but we do, it appears from what we know now that no one with a firearm attempted to fight back. Okay. That's so what it's I possible understand. they had it. And it was, I understand there were people there that didn't, they were too afraid or yeah. they didn't want the police to shoot them because they weren't sure if the police would know. I, I was. Just as stunned with the Sutherland Church, uh, the Baptist Church in Sutherland, Texas, where there were over 50 people in there in rural Texas, and nobody in there fought back. And you know why? Stunned. Because they did. I, I bet they probably didn't have guns on them. Well, either and they, you, when you go to church, you don't think you need to take a gun. I'm just saying. Yeah. At your either church, they not at have, my church, baby. Yeah. Well, Even my if, church has got, <laughs> my we church, got armed guns, security. They either you. didn't wear them or they chose not to use them. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm, but that's where the training comes in, like, you do when you do the active shooter training so that you don't freeze you do what you got it although unless you've ever been in a situation with bullets are really fire, firing you don't know what you're going to do sometimes 
I'm thinking most of them probably yeah. were in shock. I'm a big supporter of training, as you know. Uh, I, I, I spend a lot of money getting training myself as well as providing it to others. Right. But I think the most important thing is, are you there, are you armed, and are you willing? Because there are several examples of armed citizens who, as far as I know, had no training. That last point is impro- very, I like the very, last point. Yeah, it's very, yep, important. That's very important. Are you willing? Uh, the deputy at Parkland had over 30 years as a law enforcement officer, so he had over 30 and years of law enforcement training, but he didn't have the will to go in. All right. Now, I was talking to Elizabeth about Parkland because I had been talking to you about it, and I was telling everybody that was watching this on Facebook now, if you're not watching on Facebook, all right, you're going to hear everything that we're going to do on for Facebook here on the station. However, what uh, stunned me that because uh, Ed brought it up at lunch to me is that the kid that did the shooting at Parkland, what was his name? Do you remember? Uh, I'd rather not, not say his it. name. Okay. Let's yeah. not mention yeah. it. It's okay. not worthwhile. Anyway, uh, they knew he was bad seed. Yes. At the, and they they called him what? Uh, the the unarmed security monitors at the school, their name for him was Crazy Boy. Okay. So that, oh, that's Lord a clue. Mercy. Now, when he came to school every day, because they allowed him to come to school every day, even though they knew he was, quote, Crazy Boy, they did what? Well, according to what was released from the Sun Sentinel newspaper, I think at the very end of July, because of a, law infor- uh, a lawsuit that was filed, a uh, security monitor, unarmed security guards there on the school, said that they they searched him every morning. They wouldn't allow him to have a backpack at school, and they physically searched him every morning as uh, in order to let him come to school because of the stuff he had posted online and the stuff he had said about harming others and harming, harming himself. So they absolutely knew this guy was a threat. But when he walked onto campus holding a rifle bag, nobody made a phone call. So here, here's But here. they searched him every day to make sure he didn't have... Well, something while he funny went to school, about that picture. He, he was expelled. He was no longer technically a student when he came back on campus that's, to shoot that's him. Right, the last that's right. time. But before that, they all knew him. They knew but he'd who he had been was. expelled numerous times, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, here's, here's the key. If somebody, I want everybody to think about this, my radio audience and my Facebook audience. Everybody think about this. Okay, I'm going to give you a moment to think about it when I say this. If somebody is so dangerous that they need to be searched before they come into the school to make sure they don't have a weapon to harm somebody with, why are you letting letting them in school in the first place? While you're thinking about that, we got to take a break. You think about that. Well, I tell you that there's only 89 seats available and more than half of them are already gone. Uh, it's about the free tickets to the groundbreaking documentary film, The Tax Train is Coming. In the movie, some of our most respected economists and tax experts share the ugly truth about why you could be paying far more taxes in retirement and what you can do to protect yourself now. The film is only showing one time in Little Rock next Thursday. It's hosted by David Lucas Financial. Tickets are not for sale, but if you save more than $500,000 for retirement, your ticket is free. To claim your free ticket, call 501-653-6690. Hurry, because the tickets won't last. That's 501-653-6690. Call 501-653-6690. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick Show. 
It's uh, 25 minutes after 2. If you just joined us, whether you just tuned in on radio or you've uh, you know joined us on the Dave Ellswick Show live on Facebook, uh, in the studio with me today is Elizabeth. Good to have her back. Hold up your arm. Today. Yeah, she broke her wrist. And luckily, does not have to have any kind of surgery on it. I'm thankfully. glad to hear, oh, hear that. And the reason this happened is that I was demanding of her to do so much for me on my Facebook account. And she was working so hard on doing it that the stress fractured her wrist. You're and, just a tough taskmaster, Dave. And now, and now, <laughs> she, now she's going slow because she's hunting and pecking with her left hand only. This other... Gentlemen, I got two. Um, you're redheaded too, aren't you? Almost. I got two gingers on. You round today. up. That's very. That's pretty good. I, how often do you have two redheads hey, at the same time on but, Monday? Yeah. And, and if I could get Ed all round up, you know, he's like me. He he'll say he's mine. But the bottom. Well, so are you, Elizabeth. But here, here's <laughs> the key. Uh, Ed, of course, is instructor, teacher, uh, owner, main bottle washer with his brother of Last Resort Firearms Training uh, down in Whitehall. And they do a fantastic job. they got their own range. They teach all, th- all things firearms, and especially uh, active shooter. If you're a church, they'll come and teach your church staff about what to do in active shooter. If you're a school, they'll come and teach what to do uh, when there's an active shooter on campus. But... Ed's here with me today because we were having lunch together, and we started talking, and Parkland came up, and he came up with some information that I had not heard, and evidently this story came out at the end of July, uh, the Sun Sentinel, which is a Broward County newspaper, and so he's going to share some information with you. If you're on Facebook, you're going to be able to watch this, okay, because I looked at him today, I said, you got a whiteboard? And he goes, no, but I can have one. He stopped and bought one so that he can show this to you on air. I want you, if you're watching right now and after this segment is done, you go back and you share this with every friend you have. Serious discussion today. I mean, serious. Here's the facts. Yeah, this is what happened. This is factual information. And it's important no for you to know about. Yeah, you need to know about this. It's, I keep saying it's, it's about as ugly as it can get as far as how the school responded, but Every time new information comes out, it gets even uglier. Yeah. I wouldn't I have agree. my child in school down there, by the way. My child would be going to school elsewhere. Well, I got to tell you, here's the key. Parents, trust them. parents take the word of the administration. I tell you what, anymore, you know, if you do, you're, I think you're a fool. You better check it. I think you're just a saying fool. You better double check it. Here's the key. You know, if your administration comes out and says, well, we've got a plan. Ask him what the plan is, and who's carrying out the plan. And I'm, I'm and just going to say how much training that, and practice yeah. have they had. And, and right, we're going to pick this up on the other side because we're we're just a minute away from uh, news, Ed. And I want to give you plenty of time to walk people through this. Okay. If I could caveat, if you if you're going to talk, ask a school about their security plan. Ask for a meeting and ask that question in person. Just don't call them up over the phone and say, "I want to know what your security plan is," because that yeah. that may get you some unwanted attention uh, from law enforcement agencies. Well, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah, that's but there's no need so, to have though. a plan yeah. if you don't practice and if you haven't had training on it. Yeah. 
implementation you know, of practice. Just stop by the school. Stop by the school administration building. Talk to the superintendent if they'll see you. Or just call and ask for an appointment to talk about security concerns. I was going to say, I'd make an appointment first and not just show up. It may bring unwanted attention. (laughs) All right. Unwanted attention? How about the news? No, that's not unwanted. Here it is. All right. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, with you with uh, Ed Monk. And somebody just called me at that last moment, Russ. I apologize, but I had to take the phone call. There's a lot going on. There's, there, there's a lot happening. <laughs> Sorry, we were just there at that last moment. I couldn't do anything about it. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. Don't hold you responsible. All well, right. Well, you tell me with enough advance warning, I'll throw something in there. Well, see, I, I, I texted this person, and just as I and I looked up, <laughs> I, I knew we, we, he called back, <laughs> and it's like, you know, it was a person, and you'll figure this out as soon as I say this. It, w- it would never be a 30-second conversation. <laughs> so anyway, so I got to call him back, and I will do so. Hey, don't forget about Applied Research Center of Arkansas. They've got a bunch of studies going on. They're looking for people to take part in them. Here is how you knew, know whether you qualify or not. Go to ARC Arkansas. That's the, uh, the, the lead-in word to this, ARCArkansas.com. And uh, you get to the Applied Research Center of Arkansas's website. It has a listing of all their studies. It also has do I qualify next to it, and it tells you all the things that you have to meet to be able to do the study. If you meet those qualifications, give them a call, 501-954-7822. Or if you'd like, you can just send them a text uh, over arcarkansas.com and reach them that way. And uh, if you can uh, qualify and get into the study, you just might find yourself in the study. You get the medicine for free. You get a stipend for taking uh, taking part in the study. Some of these studies go as long as five years. So you can make a pretty good significant stipend like the low testosterone. I think that's a five- to seven-year study, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you might want to give them a call about that. 501-954-7822. There's like 13 or 15 different studies. It it ebbs and flows. Just go to arcarkansas.com and find out if you qualify for any of their studies. Back with you and uh, in the studio, Elizabeth's here, as well as Ed. Ed is Ed Monk. He's from uh, Last Resort uh, Firearm Training, and he was just starting to talk about Parkland. And we're bringing up Parkland because it goes along with what happened over the weekend at the Walmart in El Paso and at the uh, outdoor venues in Dayton, Ohio. And by the way, it was El Paso and not Houston, and it was Ohio and not Michigan, although Mr. Biden, Mr. Biden thought it was in Houston and thought it was in, uh, you know, in, in Michigan, just like he thought that Maggie Thatcher was still... Uh, Prime Minister of, uh, of Britain. Anyway. Kind of like he thinks he might be president. <laughs> so with, with that all said, let me take you back to Ed. Okay, you get to pick it up now. All right. Uh, for those of you online, you can see it. What I'm doing is I'm showing a, a rectangle, uh, which is the building 1200 at Parkland where the shooting took place. It was a rectangular building, I'm going to guess, 40 to 50 yards long. So they had 
people, the, the staff that worked in athletic, like the coaches, uh, when they weren't doing their athletic thing, they just wandered the campus and were unarmed security guards they called security monitors. So shortly before class ended on this day, the shooter, who all the staff from pr- previous years dealing with him had nicknamed him Crazy Boy, a security monitor uh, southeast of the building sees the shooter come on campus on the east side of the building through a gate holding a big black Cabela's rifle bag, a big black nylon rifle bag. So you got a kid that they've expelled and that they used to have to search every morning. That's They knew how threatening he was. He's been expelled, and now you see him walk on campus with a rifle bag. Uh, this security monitor that saw this did not call 911. He didn't call uh, the school resource officer, and he didn't call a school lockdown. What he did is he called another security monitor, another unarmed security guard over on the west side, the left side of the building, security monitor Taylor, and said, hey, crazy! I just saw Crazy Boy come in the gate on the east side. So that security guard that was closer to Building 1200 entered the west side of Building 1200 as the shooter entered the east side of Building 1200. So they entered the opposite sides, long hallway. They can see each other. The shooter then went, took a right turn and went inside the stairwell on the first floor on the east side. Security monitor Taylor was on the west side. So when he saw the shooter go in the stairwell on the far side, he turned around and entered the stairwell on the side closer to him, thinking, I'll go up to the second floor where this guy's going and I'll intercept him. So now he, second security guard, has seen this shooter, uh, the person they expelled and used to have to search every morning, saw him enter a a school building with a rifle bag. And he didn't call 911. He didn't call a lockdown. He didn't call the resource officer. The shooter did not walk up to the second floor. Instead, he stayed inside the stairwell, and he pulled his rifle out of the rifle bag, took a magazine out, and loaded it up. Now, what's key here is, had somebody uh, confronted him before, the gun was unloaded. So it would have been unarmed against unarmed. They could have stopped this before it ever started. But now he's taking the rifle out of the bag. He's loaded up. A freshman walks into the east stairwell, first floor, where the shooter is as he's loading his rifle, and the shooter tells the freshman, you better get out of here. This is about to get messy. So that freshman leaves the building and eventually runs into another unarmed security guard, a security monitor named Feiss, and tells him, I just saw a guy with a rifle in building 1200, and he told me to leave. This third security monitor, who's now been told they've eyewitnessed, seen a rifle in the building, he does not call 911, he does not call the school resource officer, he does not call a lockdown, but he does start walking over toward building 1200. The shooter then comes out of the stairwell and goes down the hallway on the first floor shooting at people. Uh, And he shoots 24 people on the first floor. The last person he shoots on the first floor is security monitor Feiss, who made his way to the west side of building 1200 and entered just as the shooter was down there. Now, when when the shooter is shooting Feiss down here, oh, and I left something out. When security monitor Taylor over here on the west side of the building started going upstairs because he thought the shooter was going upstairs, he was walking up the stairs, the security video shows. But as soon as the shooter started shooting people on the first floor and security monitor Taylor heard the shots, he, he stopped walking and started running up to the second floor, went inside of a janitor's closet, and hid. 
throughout the shooting. So he when he heard the shots, he ran to the closet. He ran to, to a hiding place and hid. Didn't uh. didn't call nine one one. Didn't call a lockdown. Didn't call the school resource uh. officer. <laughs> now the the school resource officer is is in a different building on a different place on campus. He originally gets called to come to Building 1200 because of what people reported as fireworks going off outside the building. That's what a lot of people assume shot gunshots are when they hear them in public. So he went over there originally thinking it was fireworks, a student or somebody setting off fireworks. When he gets outside on the east side of Building 1200, he realizes it's gunshots, and he says over his radio, which we have recorded, I think we got gun sh- gunfire in Building 1200. Uh, and a lot of people have made... Uh, talked about the fact that he was a coward that he did not go in and that's probably true he did not go in we know that in fact he didn't not only did he not go in but he backed up he went south and he <laughs> hid between building seven and building eight for about 40 minutes until long after the shooting was over but even had this deputy rushed in to building 1200 the best he could have done was save the 10 people on the third floor by the time he got there all 24 on the t- on the first floor would have been shot, even if he would have rushed in and been a brave officer and done what we wanted. So, yes, he, he could have saved lives, but he couldn't have saved all. In fact, he couldn't have saved the majority. But the shooter then went up to the second floor and wasted 50 seconds not shooting anybody. That That was 50 seconds lost to where if deputies had gone in there, they could have stopped him on the second floor before he got to the third floor, which is where he shot his last 10 people before leaving. Ed, share with uh, listeners and with our Facebook uh, viewers, 50 seconds. Somebody has shot, how many How many people would possibly have been shot in that 50 seconds? Probably about 10, by, by the way he was shooting. But now, you we, say on the average. On average, six every minute. Six but, a but minute. But that's on the average. <laughs> Uh, he shot 14 in his first minute on the first floor. He never entered a classroom. He shot into the classroom through the doors. He never entered one classroom. And we lucked out on the second floor. Six of the ten classrooms had students in them, and he shot into two classrooms on the second floor, but he shot into unoccupied rooms and didn't hurt anybody. So he was the only one in the hallway, walking down the hallway, holding a rifle and shooting it into two classrooms. He would have been very easy to identify for either a deputy or a school staff member who was carrying a gun. It would have been a very easy to identify this guy. Okay. Not, not only do we have all the cowards, I'm just going to call them for what they are. We were also, they were also operating under the policy. Please correct me if I'm wrong. We're not going to go in to stop the shooter. We're going to try to help the people that are wounded and whatever. But they've changed those policies since since Parkland, correct? Well, what Sun Sentinel reported was the former sheriff, uh, Israel, that the governor removed down there, he he, cha- he personally changed the, his department's policy from officers must go in to they, mm-hmm. they may go in. May go in. But part of the problem is this resource officer deputy. Not only did he report, we have shots fired in building 1200, he over the, the deputy's radio, he said, everybody stay back, stay at least 500 feet away from building 1200. So he's the officer on site, and he's reporting to other officers showing up to stay back, stay away. Yeah, leave the shooter in the building with the students and let him keep going. You stay back. And seven other deputies arrived Mm. and never got within a quarter of a mile of the building. And the first police officers that entered that building did so over five minutes after the last shot was fired, and they were from out out of their jurisdiction. They were from a nearby city of Coral Springs. You know, I listen to what you're telling me, and... The thing that jumps out is something that we always 
learned in the military, you could have SOPs. That's standard operating procedure. That's what for you who've never been in the military. And every every division or flight or whatever office has their own SOPs about what they're going to do in case of you know fire and you know any kind of emergency situation. And that's in a big binder, and it's sitting on, on a, right up there on the shelf. It's fine to have that stuff up there. But do you ever take it down, and do you ever train off of it? That's the key. And uh, when I was in the military, I know there were several organizations I worked for, and they'd say, make sure you, re- you read the SOPs, but you never had any training on it at all read them i'm sure yeah. you, you had the same thing oh yeah and sometimes the standard operating procedure of what the organization wants you to do will actually cost more lives than if you did nothing such as a school in louisville i taught in where they said you must keep your kids in the classroom even if the shooter's not close to you keep them in the classroom and wait until the shooter does get close to you and comes <laughs> in it's just absolutely crazy they were doing it for administrative accountability purposes not for trying to save kids protecting themselves from lawsuits yep. i in dayton they are reporting that several of the initial uh, police officers who responded so quickly to the bar were on the police force less than three years in yep. other words they ran toward the shooting now I don't know what the policies are in that I don't know what the Dayton Police Department policies are, but the rookies ran toward the shooting. I mean I don't I don't think a badge matters. I think what matters is are you present, are you willing, and are willing. you armed? If if you have a badge and you're present and willing and armed, then that's great. If you're don't have a badge and you're present and willing and armed, I've, I can give you a list of where that worked too. Is there mm-hmm. is there any way to 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 teach that last thing? Are you willing? I don't think there's there's a way to teach willing, but what I do think is if you have been trained on it and you've rehearsed it, both mental rehearsals and physical rehearsals, and that's why like in, the military. in our multiple-day active shooter classes on the range, uh, once we learn the basic skills, we, try to, we use the time to try to run people, whether they're cops, armed citizens, uh, security guard for churches, through as many as realistic scenarios where we can, where we have mannequin targets and there's gunfire and they go in, yeah, what we think. say is this, this is a very simple problem. It, it's stressful. It's emotional. It's dangerous, but it's very simple. There's a bunch of people. There's one that's holding a gun and shooting at other people. That's going to be pretty easy to pick out. Find that person, get close enough to them to put bullets into their body without hurting anybody else and get that close and put bullets in their body until they stop shooting other people. It's not it's not algebra. It's not calculus. It's, it's pretty easy. But let's go back. There's something there's an important thing for everybody to understand. The more you train on something and do it in dry runs, so to speak, the more the more willing you'll be to do it when it actually happens and you get the big dump of adrenaline and you know, you start you don't think about well, I could put myself in danger. You just do what you've yep. been taught to do. Uh, a guy I really respect named Doctor William April, he's a psychologist and deals with uh mostly violent criminal people and what he says is you have to create a parking space for violence in your mind you have to understand that violence happening against you is a is a possibility and you have to come to the conclusion that you're willing and able to give violence back and if you've if you've gone through that thought process and as he says you've created that parking space in your mind then you're not as stunned and startled and confused when it happens 
And I think the more training you've had, the more confident you are, which lowers the fear factor. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to be a dangerous thing, but I have done this before. If you practice enough, muscle memory also will help yep. you out if yep. you've practiced enough. All Automatic. Right. Got to get our final break in. Let's do that. Ed's going to be with us to at least, well, I'd say 3.30. If you got a question, 823-0965 is our phone number here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Again, 501-823-0965. Don't forget about Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. They're looking to sit down with you and talk insurance. I know not the most sexiest thing to do, but if it saves you money, then it starts getting a little bit more sexier. All right. You give them a call at 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373. And uh, they'll set up a time for you to come into their offices at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood and uh, bring in your, you know, your home policy, your car policy, your life policy, motorcycle policy, whatever you've got insured, bring it in with you and uh, they will sit down with you and uh, compare what they have at Allstate and what you have, try to save you some money and get you better coverage. That number again, 501 819 All right, back with you. got six minutes remaining here before we get to your uh, five-minute newscast coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. If you have questions as we're talking today, if you want to get involved in the conversation, uh, you know, I highly recommend that you do so. By the way, first thing you can do, if you're watching on Facebook, you can type in on Facebook, and I... I think that uh, Elizabeth's kind of keeping track of that uh, over there, kind of, aren't you? You're looking on your phone? At the phone? moment, not really. Not really? Okay. So <laughs> I'm looking a little. If you, if you send something to us, we'll try to pick up on it and answer it over the air. And then for you who are listening on radio, all you got to do is call in. Russ is uh, sitting over in the studio. He'll get you up and into the system, 501-825-0965. Eight two three zero nine six five. Okay. Eight eight two three eight two three zero nine six five. Eight two three zero nine six five. Yeah. Didn't I say that? No, you said eight two five zero. No. Okay. Eight two three. Didn't realize I said five. Eight two three zero nine six five. So, you know, in that story from the Sun Sentinel, was there anything in there, uh, Ed, that said if any discipline was taken on those school? resource people like the guy that went and hid in the closet i have not read about any disciplinary action uh against school officials uh i know that there was a federal lawsuit filed and a federal judge said there's no constitutional obligation on the part of law enforcement or school staff to protect each and each and every individual citizen and that's that's consistent with what the courts have said all along which means to me you got to protect yourself then yeah, I mean, it's it's pure, again, just like this active shooter thing, that's pure math. Mm-hmm. They're not saying that the police shouldn't make some attempt to protect you, but if you, how many people are there in the country, how many policemen are there, mathematically impossible mm-hmm. for them to provide you 24-7 armed security guard for you and you only. Uh, they are generally there. Now, we do expect them, if they just happen to be right there when it happens to act, they've taken an oath, and that's why I believe that the deputy was has actually been charged with several crimes. Yeah. It just seems like to me that, Somebody should be able to bring something against the school system for not instigating something 
to protect these students. Oh, every time there's a school shooting, the school's getting sued. So, in fact, that's the latest that came out about him being the shooter. The, when he was a student before he did the shooting, that he was searched every morning. That came out in deposition testimony because of wow. a wrongful death lawsuit. That's and I what bet you most of the parents out. didn't even know that. Well, no. I'm sure. I'm sure under legal type situations. I mean, I'll ask Rob, Robert Steinbach this when he comes on at four. And that is, uh, can a, could a school notify parents that there are students attending school that they must be searched every time before they can come into the school to try to keep students safe? Of course, how many parents would send their children to school at that well, see, point? See, this is the thing. Again, one person being searched, all those other students. We have a listener in Florida, Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says one of the worst aspects of that cowardly deputy's performance is this. We have a moral obligation as adults to do whatever is necessary to protect children. He violated that most important obligation in order to save his own worthless hide. And that's the issue. I mean, we can put plans in place we can put all these things in place but like you say if you're not willing you don't need to be in the job yeah. number one and if you're not willing then our children are at risk but then i go back to the math it even had this deputy call him a coward he probably is but go back to what if he would have been chuck norris and clint eastwood's uh, love child i mean just a okay. super <laughs> unbelievable you forgot Cla- Claude Van Damme. <laughs> there would have <laughs> there would have still been 24 Yes. People shot. So people say, oh, the deputy was a coward. Had he gone in Except there, he could the first person who saw him on campus didn't call. He didn't yell. He didn't they do nothing. Called. They could have called, but I'm not sure anybody would have got there any quicker. So people there. But there was a lot of time wasted. Being armed is what will keep the numbers low. Keep your thought. We'll be back. Got to take a break for uh, news. That's coming up next. It's the Dave Ellswick Show phone number, 823-0965, 823 Six five. All right, back. Second hour, Dave Ellswick Show, a Monday edition. Good to have you with us, whether you're listening on the radio or you're on Facebook at the Dave Ellswick Show for my Facebook Live or on 101.1 FM, The Answer, uh, Facebook page. You can see the show live as it's happening. In the studio, Elizabeth's here with me. Elizabeth takes care of of all of my social media needs she does a great job for me on that and then sitting next to her is uh ed monk ed is the owner main proprietor teacher with his brother of a uh, last resort uh fire firearm training and we've we've thrown up their uh logo and a and a phone number where you can reach them at if you need some kind of training uh in this area and we've been talking uh, in the last hour, what we have learned about, for instance, Parkland uh, that happened down in Broward County, Florida. And there's a lot of information now since that shooting occurred that has come out that helps explain why so many people died or were shot uh, in that particular instance. And if you watch that last hour on Facebook, I'm going to ask you, Everybody who saw that, share it with your uh, with your friends. Share that out so that people can see it, so that uh, people can learn from this and uh, no questions asked their schools about. Because that's the thing that has to happen. You've got to hold your school administration uh, responsible uh, for being prepared for 
hopefully the unexpected, but as we've seen, becomes somewhat not so unexpected after all. So let's move up to now, uh, what happened over the weekend. We had a guy who is a white supremacist. There's no doubt about it. He's a white supremacist. Uh, if if he could have worn, I think, uh, a sheet and a pointed white hat, he would have. Uh, and went out and wanted and wrote a manifesto, evidently, a few hours before he went out and uh, did this carnage about how he blamed, uh, you know, Mexicans and, and whatnot for all the bad things that were happening. And uh, he had traveled from the Dallas area to El Paso, which is not a short trip. That's a fairly long trip, even uh, on an interstate. Uh, as they say in Texas, uh, there's a lot of um, miles on miles on miles as you take a trip in Texas. It's a huge state. And uh, got down there, and that's where he decided to open up on people in a uh, a Walmart. So, Ed, let's, let's run over it. People said, uh, witnesses said, they saw a man dressed in black outside the Walmart open fire. One gentleman said he saw an elderly lady fall to the ground. He didn't know whether she had been shot or just fell down to the ground for protection. This guy then went into the Walmart. Uh, They said there are approximately 3,000 people in the Walmart. So literally, he's shooting fish in a barrel at that point. Yes. If there's no one in there that that are armed that are willing to fight back, then he is shooting fish in a barrel until cops that will do something about it arrive. Kind of hard to miss, isn't it? Yeah. If if you've got 3,000 people, you just have to... People are trapped in aisles. So if you go to the end of one aisle, there's, I don't know, 50, 60 people. You just point your gun down that aisle and shoot. It's going to hit somebody. Yeah. And semi-automatic. Every time you pull the trigger, you're going to fire a bullet. Yep. Same for a revolver. You know, Every that, time yeah. you pull the trigger. Absolutely. Yep. You're going to, you, you're surely, unless you're totally inept, uh, you're going to hit people. And I know there's people that would hear this and go, oh, you're crazy. Uh, there's no way somebody could have taken this guy down. It, just Google Tumwater, Washington, active shooter. Uh, there was an active shooter there in the Tumwater, Washington, Walmart. Uh, and two people that I know of, uh, armed citizens who were carrying a legal handgun, drew their guns and went after him in the parking lot. One of the two got to the shooter first. He happened to be a full-time preacher and a part-time volunteer fireman and got to the guy and shot him and killed him and stopped him. So it, it, it works. It's well, it was a few years ago. I forget where it was. It seems like it was in the eastern part of the United States. A guy opened up with uh, a semi-automatic rifle in a mall and was behind a pole, and a guy in back of him got the drop on him and shot him. Do you remember that one? That one's not ringing a bell. Yeah, he was was, uh, shooting people in a mall. I mean, it's it's happened. uh, I won't say it happened quite. You know, with a, a country as big as ours and with as many people in it, and when and the more people we get, I get. I hate to say this. Law of averages said some of them are not going to be the most, you know, stable people in the world. Uh, are they're just going to lash out? Yep. There's and some- if they, and you know, look, everybody says, yeah, and that's why we not we need to ban guns. Okay, let's ban guns and then let them use explosives. Just or start knives, roll, or just, trucks. Or- just start rolling, you know, some kind of homemade 
pipe bombs down the uh, down the or, uh, or they'll get guns. There's been two very serious active shooting attacks in Paris, France, where where no citizens can't have guns, but yet here these citizens were, or at least visitors that did. You know, we've had. Uh, drugs banned for how many years but yet people still get them so the idea this and that's it's hope it's delusion of if if we just pass a law this will stop and we've been killing each other now for a long time some people would say since cain and abel Mm -hmm. so we're not going to stop and i agree with that uh and there's in any school any church there is absolutely nothing in any walmart there's nothing at all stopping someone from starting to shoot people there so what you're left with is how do we respond if he picks us we try to deter it everywhere we know how, but if he shows up and starts shooting here, how quickly can we stop him? Yeah, it's let, simple math. Let's talk about that. They say, well, we've got to figure out a way of making places more solid, you know, that people can't get in and do it. Let's look at that garlic festival in California. They had uh, metal detectors yep. at the gate. So they were safe. So they were safe. Yep. And the people thought they were safe. The shooter cut his way through a chain link fence. Yep, went around back, cut his cut his I don't know what bolt cutters are, probably twenty five dollars at true value hardware, and cut the chain link fence, walked in with his gun. You could have also just, you know, if there was I don't I've never been to this place, but a big place where there's a fair, a secluded place, just throw the gun and ammo over the fence mm-hmm. and come in through the metal detectors, go find it. Uh Minnesota, Red Lake, Minnesota, active shooter at a high school. They had metal detectors. I, I'm sh- probably sh- thought they probably thought well, we're safe. We have metal detectors, but they were manned by unarmed guards. So the the kid comes into school, uh, walks up, shoots and kills one of the unarmed guards. The other the other guard runs away. So the metal detectors were absolutely useless. Metal detectors give an illusion of security. They give an illusion of security, but they're not actually security. All right, phone number is eight two three zero nine six five. If you're watching on Facebook, you know how to add in a comment. You do that. We'll try to keep up with them and read them as we see them and offer it to the listeners as well. Ed, I brought something up to you, and I I thought it was interesting. I said this guy that opened up in Dayton, Ohio, on what was it, Saturday night, early Sunday morning, has been reported that he was wearing a bulletproof vest, and you say, "Oh, whoa, whoa, don't, don't, whoa, whoa, whoa. explain that to me." Well, I, if if anybody asks me uh, specifics right now about uh, Gilroy, California, or Dayton, or El Paso, I don't know a lot of specifics because I tend to not delve into them and try to study them until two to three weeks after, because there's all kinds of false information that gets put out first. And one of the things I found is. A lot of the times, if a shooter is wearing a tactical vest, just a, a nylon vest that has pockets for magazines and it looks military, it will get reported as a body armor. But it actually really has no protective body armor in it. So right. he very well could have had body armor. Well, this is several what the media them, wants you to think. Several too. of them we know have, but I always wait and see what comes out. Like well. I said, the media wants you to think, you know, in black with body armor, wearing a helmet, wearing a mask, you know, as scary as possible, that fits their narrative. I'm thinking, just like sexual predators, that uh, somebody who's going to open up fire on a group is, I don't think they're going to look any different than anybody else that is walking on the sidewalk next to me. A lot of them dress the part, and most active shooters start with a long gun, so, uh, you know, 
if if someone's holding a handgun out in public in most states that allow it, you, you could have a problem. Well, is this the bad guy? Is this the good guy? You'd have to watch his actions. Mm-hmm. But if someone is in your Walmart or in your church holding a pump shotgun or an AK-47, the odds roll pretty fast that that is your guy. Right. And now if you add black trench coat, face mask – you know, it, it makes it all the scary stuff. Uh, the long gun and dressing the part, as not all of them do, but many of them do, it just makes identifying them easier. Like from the basketball diaries. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, I don't think movies drive people to commit murders. I don't believe video games drive people to commit murders. But they contribute you know? to an environment that says it's not that bad. I think they can desensitize a person. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so, even though society, you know, yeah. society, no, oh, it's not so bad. We see it all the time. Yeah. Even though it is a, a, a problem of desensitizing someone, I don't want them to stop making motion pictures and I don't want them to stop making video games. And, you know, because millions more people play them and nobody acts out than a, a small group of people. Yeah. When, when, in fact, I just attended the safe school conference here in North Little Rock. Uh, and there was a guy, the, the best speaker I thought that I, I listened to was a guy I'd also listened to at the Alert Conference in Dallas last October. And he, the focus of his is what what makes a school shooter? What makes an adolescent school shooter? And when people when people say, well, I think it is media desensitizing people, and, and someone doesn't understand the logic, and they'll say, well, I play video games and I've never shot anybody, so I just disproved that theory. It, it, it's no. not saying every single person that ever plays a video game We'll go out and shoot people. But if you picture a bell curve and you picture the the people way down on that little choked end, they're the people that are already on the edge mentally. And maybe they've had problems. Uh, and he talked about the, 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 a lot of the shooters have had a loss. The parents got divorced. Uh, they've been punished. Girlfriend they've been arrested. Broke up with Girlfriend, them. Yeah. So you take somebody that's already mentally unstable, maybe on psychotic drugs, and they're just flooded with playing violent video games, then maybe one of those people, it'll push them over the edge. So it's not anybody that watches a violent movie will kill people. Anybody that takes a psychotic drug will kill people. So the game the, the game here, for worst use of words, I guess, calling it a game. But the, the thing that needs to be done is how do we identify those people before they do something like this? And how can we make sure the law is set up that allows us to identify people properly like and that. appropriately, so people who aren't that dangerous aren't swept up. Well, I agree. I'm. I'm. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if if they that's do a the survey, if they do a survey and they ask, and they're asking kids, you play, you know, Grand Theft Auto, and some kid says, yeah, yeah. I play Grand Theft Auto, and they say, ooh, could be a a school shooter. You know, you got to keep away from that. There's other more intense things that have happened to a person usually than just that i'd say you could probably make a list of uh, i don't know what you call it danger indicators have that you know their parents just got divorced uh their mother just died of cancer uh their grandfather just got sentenced to prison and they've had all these they just got expelled from school that just ups the risk factor but then if you Mm -hmm. have somebody who's maxed out on that scale and really all you can do is talk with them engage with them but unless they say yes i have a list of people I plan to come and kill tomorrow, then you can even engage with them, that, you can interact with them. You're, even if they say that, you can't do anything. All they did was say something. Yeah. Can't do anything they until can they say take they action. They can't come back to school, but then they let them back in school, i.e. 
the parkland killer. Well, he walked. Yeah, they let him walk back on the school. But. Now, here's here's something else they're talking about on regular, you know, all across the media today. And it was a news story this weekend that 22 percent of our millennials, it was a study. Well, they feel that they have no friends of any kind, no friends. Um, so Dave, dis- disenfranchisement. When I brought up this word to you one day, you looked at me. Incel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-N-C-E-L, for those of you who haven't heard it before, it's the term for usually a young man who is not uh, real attractive to the opposite sex. Yeah, and typically so hate he them. feels picked on, and then he wants to go and do things against women mm-hmm. because they're not showing him enough attention. That's correct. And I believe that one of these of the two shooters was possibly in that situation. The Isla Vista shooter was exactly mm-hmm. that. He made a little video of mm-hmm. himself before and said, I'm going to die a virgin. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't get mm-hmm. a girlfriend. Uh, his parents were rich. He was rich. He had the absolute best mental health care that money could buy, and, but it and, didn't matter. And all three of us have been all through school where there were people like this, but they didn't take guns and go kill people. Exactly. All so right. what's wrong? A break. We'll talk about that when we come back. 823-0965. That's the number to call. If you're watching on Facebook, you want to be part of the show, 501-823-0965, or make your comment on our Facebook page, The Dave Ellswick Show. We'll see it. We'll read it on the air. Don't forget about PI Roofing Home Solutions. They have it all now for you. They're your one-stop shop for your roof, for fixing uh, you know damage caused by leaks, for cleaning out your gutters, and for new gutters for your home. PI Roofing, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, does roofing uh, the best that I've ever seen. They've done my roof. They did uh, businesses of guys that I know. For instance, uh, Matt Smith and uh, the Cabot Cinema, they did their roof. They've done my friend's roofs, and they'll do your roof. All you got to do is go to piroofing.com and get in touch with them. Same thing about if you have a leak and it's caused damage in your home. You know, contractors typically uh, don't want to take on a little job. They want bigger jobs. So finding someone to come in and fix a bad spot in your ceiling or in your wall or whatever can be, you know, challenging. Not if you go to piroofing.com. PI Roofing, be happy to send somebody out to take care of that for you. They'll clean out your gutters for you if you need that done. And they'll put new gutters on your home that looks like crown molding if that's what you want done. All you have to do, visit them online, piroofing.com. Almost at 3.30. We're back. I can't believe we've already gone through almost 90 minutes of the show today. It's just because Ed Monk brings such fantastic information to us. That's got to be it. It is. Well, it's you factual. It's stuff. factual. It's not speculation, and it's not gossip, and it's not innuendo, and it's not rumor. Or emotion and politics, which Thank is you. what normally leads the, the stories on this. Yeah, I, as everybody may have noticed, I have not played any sound from any Democrat today. Just because... CNN wouldn't like it. Everybody says, this is Trump's fault. How many mass shootings happened during Obama? How many mass shootings happened during Bush? How many mass shootings happened during Clinton? I'm just saying. Well, and they conveniently forget the shooter at the congressional softball game that was a a left-wing socialist Democrat and specifically made sure there were Republicans on the field. The Dayton shooter was a Warren supporter. That doesn't mean 
That's what drove him. He was a socialist, so he went out and shot people because he's a so. No, he went and shot people because he is unstable. That's why. Yep. Better way of saying that is he's a nut job. All right. That's the key. Or there's evil in the world, and it doesn't matter how many laws, rules, or armed guards you have in place. If an evil person decides they want to do evil, they will do it. And I, the the Texas shooter, I keep hearing reports. Well, you know they're they're looking into possible hate crime. <laughs> he shot twenty. He killed twenty. <laughs> yeah, possible that, crime. That's a hate crime. He's going to get the itself. death penalty for that. What, he, he didn't like those what, people. What does it matter if there's a federal yeah. hate crime investigation? I, it, I agree wholeheartedly. I think I don't that's care if he waste. shot the twenty people because they had blue hats if he shot the 20 people because in his mind they looked like dragons or if he shot them indiscriminately or he, sh- he shot and killed 20 people unjustly he, he needs to pay for that but they're making hey of course again conveniently forget the long island subway shooter and the nashville church shooter okay, so who were black and specifically shot people because they were white that doesn't stay in the news very long colin ferguson but, who you yeah, about? but okay. when this when the south carolina church shooter shoots black people and this guy they're calling a racist down in El Paso shoots them supposedly because of race. That This will be in the news for a month. No, I don't disagree well, with it. as nutty as it all drives us that the left is going to take all this and go nuts, it's Trump's fault and everything else, yes. they are the ones who are contributing to a large part of it. I mean, look what's all going on on major media today. All they're doing is whipping up whipping up the emotion, whipping what you, up the emotion. Let me just ask that of you, of you Ed, and I guess we're getting maybe – I'll ask you now, and then you can tell me what you think about it when we come back. Can you say another half hour? Yeah. Okay, I'll keep you here for that. Let me just ask you this. Does the continual coverage of these shootings that happens on the news cycle, whether it be I'm sitting here watching right now uh, on Fox, and they're showing some stuff there in Dayton. They're showing some video from the street. Uh, Does that coverage contribute to a person wanting to go out and shoot people we'll talk about that when we come back on the dave ellswick show all right we continue here on the dave ellswick show phone lines are open if you want to use them 501-823-0965 and uh, you tell russ what you want to talk about we'll get you in if you're watching on facebook all you got to do is type in your statement on my Facebook page or the 1011 FM, the answer, uh, Facebook page, and uh, we'll check out what you've posted there and we'll read it on the air. Or you can call us, 501 Ed Monk is here. Wave at him, Ed. Wave at him. Hey, everybody. There he is. Ed Monk is here from uh, Last Resort Firearms Train. Elizabeth is here. It's good to have her back in the studio. She comes and goes, uh, you know, has had uh, different things going on in her life. But good to have her here today, being able to be part of the show. And, Ed, I left you with a question. And, Elizabeth, I left you with a question. So do we want to let ladies go first? Sure. Okay. That would be you, Elizabeth. Well. You're not identifying as a woman today, is that right? Not today. today. Okay, good. Oh, darn. All right. So I'm going to go to Elizabeth. Here's the question I left. Does the 24-hour news cycle, you know, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and all the rest of them, uh, just going wall to wall, moment by moment, on air, saying the same stuff over and over again, showing the same video over and over again, 
with bated breath telling us, here's the person who did it, here's what they were like, getting people on uh, camera to say, yeah, I knew that person. They always what were a like? weird person. You what know? did you think? What yeah, was it like? That kind of stuff. What did you think? Does that feed into a person who is out there that might be considering doing something with this and say to them, I can find my reality and and prove my virility or because most of these shooters are men my virility in doing this you I think, first i think one of the best things that's happened is that we no longer use the names that's one thing i believe these people are looking for is infamy so by not using their names that takes some of that away and yes i absolutely believe that it whips things up I actually spend some time listening to One America News, and if you're not out there listening to One America News, look it up. It's like news actually should be. Of course, it is sort of not slanted in the other direction as well, But and they will run maybe an hour and a half to two hours of news, and then it loops again. But it's news. There is no opinion. They're not having a panel every five minutes giving all their opinions. They're not out on the street. How does it feel? What did you think? How did you feel? How did you feel? I think that is absolutely heinous. All right. Ed, your thoughts. I, I think if you look at the at the evidence, at the data, there's just no doubt. Several of the attackers have talked about, even Crazy Boy, uh, the shooter at Parkland, he made a three short cell phone videos of himself before the attack and he says everybody will know my name and he talks about himself as a nobody as a, as a punk everybody thinks is stupid but he goes as of tomorrow when i carry out this attack everybody will know my name and which one of these shooters was not they said they nobody even knew him in school they don't yeah, even remember who he is you know the isla vista attacker looked at one place and said there was too much security and he said i can't get the numbers i will need for publicity. That, well, that's the Batman what shooter, same is, reason. Didn't he leave one? Didn't publicity. he pick the one uh, movie house over the other because he knew it no was easier to get into? No weapons into it, yeah. 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 The um, Aurora. Yeah. yeah. So if, if, you go to Little Rock, if you go into Little Rock tonight and kill one person, you will make the Little Rock news, but nobody in Maybe. Wisconsin will hear about you. If you go into Little Rock tonight and shoot 30 people, tomorrow morning everybody with an internet connection will know your name, your face, if you write a manifesto on how the world done you wrong. It'll be published. Every year on the anniversary of the shooting, you'll be brought back up again. You'll live in infamy. There's only two people, uh, juveniles, uh, that made the cover of Time twice. Only two. They're not Medal of Honor winners. They're not Gold Medal winners. They're not National Honor Society winners. They're the Columbine shooters. Yeah, I was going to say, let's go to Colorado. So you will get, uh, you can go from a zero to a totally infamous person if you just go out and shoot 30 people Let me point this out. Was it last weekend? There was a traffic accident in Cave City, and uh, some people were killed in it. A very nondescript story. Nobody would have thought nothing about it until they reported that one of those killed in that auto accident was one of the shooters in Jonesboro. I saw that story. Mm-hmm. That suddenly... Drew it, Gates, Drew, a.k.a. Andrew and now everybody, everybody yeah. in the country Andrew was told Bolton, right. that he died in a car accident, that, well, even it, though he changed yeah, his name. He was the shooter. He was the shooter. At Jonesboro. She became nationwide. Wouldn't have been no mention at all. I mean, it was just a traffic accident. It it occurs to me, Dave, news used to be news. You needed to know maybe certain things were going on in the world. Now news is nothing but, like say, with Fox and other networks for sure, but even with Fox, it's whipping up that divisive emotion 
It's all about the emotionally laden words. It's about painting the guy in the scariest way possible. He's wearing all black. Let's make sure we know and tell everybody and show the pictures. It's not healthy. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a way to push their agenda. They know what their agenda is, so they take whatever news happens that they think people might want to hear about, and they twist it in their direction. Mm-hmm. Early on, they were a uh, Beto guy. Do we have to talk about him? Do we have to talk about him? The CNN reporter said, uh, do, do you think the, the blame for this lies directly at the feet of President Trump? Of course. And uh, just calmly, someone just should have asked the reporter, okay, the, the person who shot up the Republican congressman on the softball field outside Washington, D.C., whose feet does that blame? Well, they never mm-hmm. ask it in the other direction. So it's their bias is absolutely clear. And what's interesting to me is how some shootings – the coverage will be wall to wall for for a month or two months, and others will end in two or three days. Um, you didn't Parkland, hear about Gilroy, did you? The Parkland went on for months and months because they had the two little juveniles that they could drag in front of the cameras to get their message across. Uh, the recent STEM shooting, they went in there and had a memorial and tried to push their political agenda, and they got that people left. They said mm-hmm. we're not going to do that here. And the same for Santa Fe, Texas. They brought the politic, the political people in, and they said, we're not going to do that here. So the coverage on those shootings shut off in two or three so days. So did the Garlic Festival shooting, because supposedly that fellow was an Iranian supporter. And the Sutherland... You hadn't heard another word about that. Sutherland Spring shooting, because a good guy with an assault rifle, or what they would call an assault rifle, stopped the shooting, even though there were... That you know, oh, well, we don't talk about that either. Shot, uh, they shut that off in a couple of days. So if it if it meets their political message, or they can twist it to meet their political message, we'll hear about it for months. But if it doesn't, we won't. The media, it's, a, it, it's going beyond not reporting. It's going beyond yeah. just uh, not telling you certain things. It's going into serious propaganda in our country. But everything gets politicized. Well, it's not even just the politicization. Can't even say that one today. I know. Anyway, it's not even doing that. (laughs) Kind of like a drunk. I understand those words, but you don't even (laughs) say it. You know, bottom. bottom But I think they do wait for something. The average American just can't see through what they're trying to do, and that it just it just saddens me to no end. And people on the right and the left will just completely lose their ability to look at facts and reason, and will go either emotional or political. Uh, Even people on the right. Yeah, have a hard time taking the necessary steps that are really necessary to stop this type of stuff. They, they, well, let me get make some un, make some uncomfortable. And you know, as I and said, that's why the they're break. after Trump. He has the nerve to say something out loud. Baltimore's a pit, so forth and so on. That most people won't say out loud. And now it's like he's the bad guy, no, or it, it's his fault. Let's just point out a point that Ed made about. You, didn't, you won't hear about this. You won't hear about that. Last, over the weekend in Chicago, seven people were killed, 53 were injured. That's a slow weekend. By gu- mm-hmm. Yeah. That is By slow. guns. You didn't hear that mm-hmm. because there were bigger fish to fry and people were shot in a Walmart in El Paso or people were shot out in a uh, entertainment district in Dayton, Ohio. But the bottom line is this stuff goes on constantly in certain places in the united states baltimore maryland's perfect example and all the people get all upset with uh trump because he said uh you're more likely like likely to be shot there in baltimore than in afghanistan they went in and they did the comparison and that's true more people are killed by guns in baltimore than in afghanistan just keep 
You just stuff in mind. It's true. And as I told you, you know, numerous Facebook feeds of people saying, we just got to bring back the death penalty. You know, make people scared again of, of violating the law. I, Some I don't of care where you stand matter. on the death penalty. That it is, it is not going to help this problem of the active shooter. Most active shooters kill themselves. They impose the death penalty on themselves. So you threatening them with, we will eventually execute you in a court of law, does not apply. 25 years they are from now. shoot themselves. Uh, this guy in Texas... Uh, According to manifesto, I guess supposedly thought he was going to kill himself, but as many of them do, chickened out and didn't. Well, he killed twenty people in Texas. He's got a pretty good chance of getting the death penalty. So yeah, twenty the, years. From the now. death penalty did not deter him. It may deter him some people from some crimes, but the active shooter is probably not one because so many of them kill themselves. All right, a break. Final break this hour. Ed Monk's with us until three. Elizabeth's with us until four. Uh, we'll move on from talking about these shootings here as we get into the 4 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, into the last segment. After this, I'll I'll let uh, Ed go, and I've kept him past 3 o'clock. He's going to be here until 4 o'clock, and uh, until 4 o'clock, that's when you're staying. You're leaving at 4, yeah, aren't you? I hope, I hope Robert comes on yeah, in. <laughs> Robert's going to be in supposedly here at about 4 o'clock, so he'll be joining us at that time. And a lot of things to still talk about today, and that I can question him legally about. I I still would like to see, uh, you know, Arkansas would be a great place to start where we do tort reform for schools where they can deal with things like this without worrying about getting their rear end sued every time they do something. Yeah, liability protection. My only concern is everything like that's usually a double-edged sword. So it's an awkward if you make situation. it harder to sue schools when we think they shouldn't be school sued, then when the school says you can't wear a Trump hat but you can wear a Biden hat, and, and it's going to be hard. Like we know they do. Well, that mm-hmm. breaks federal law, yeah. so it wouldn't mm-hmm. even be a state law involved there. Y'all don't want me to hijack the conversation, yeah. but everything has become a law issue, and I don't mean law enforcement. I mean, and Robert. Everything goes to court. And when it goes to court, the American public forgets. How long does it take to adjudicate something? And by the time the other side appeals and da-da-da-da-da-da, it's five, six, eight, ten years later. Nobody remembers anymore. Robert said something I thought was important uh, last week when he filled in for me because I had a doctor's appointment. And then I got back a little bit later. And it was on, I think, Thursday last week, in fact. In fact, it was. I know it was. Mm-hmm. And he had Chris's buddy on, who's a lawyer as well, and they made a very uh, astute observation. Yes, we're more litigious, but uh, even though we're doing more and more in the court system, at least it keeps people perhaps from coming to blows. It may. And my point it was more that people forget by oh, the time no, it winds its way, you know, they totally forget what is really going on. And obviously, again, that 24-hour news cycle has now put something else in front of them. Mm-hmm. And it's always the most current thing that everybody's all hot about. They don't remember what happened yesterday. Yeah, we're the squirrel generation. You know, if you watched oh, Up. Oh, look, a shiny thing. If you watched Up, all right, and the, the dog in it, you know, squirrel. Yep. You know, squirrel. Yep. You know, look the yep. other way. That's kind of the way people who watch television news are you show them one story and then before they have time to really think about what they've just you know digested squirrel another story 
Well, and not only that, story. but we've got the opinion people. They bring on the panel of these people you should somewhat, for some reason, care about what they would have to say about it. And then they've all got their opinions, and they're all giving you the propaganda. Yeah, the I, talking points. I have to admit, I'm part of that problem, I guess, because being a talk show host, I talk about what I think my listeners are probably thinking about at any given time. I figured they probably were interested in the shootings that happened over the weekend. However... I had lunch with Ed, and he showed me stuff about Parkland that I thought was very important for people to hear about. I'm looking for I'm looking for solutions a, as well, and it's that's why I have Ed on from time yeah, to time. Far too many people get caught up. Well, we have to do something. Well, no, we don't. And we got to do it now. And we got to hurry up and do it. Yeah, it, we used to have a saying in the military: if you want, if you want it really bad, you're going to get it really bad. And people say, we've got to do one. something, and that, that causes people to, anything. to do anything, anything. or the, the, the thing that sounds good instead of looking at it and going, there's nothing that can be done that will actually have a positive effect, or this sounds good, but this other thing would act, will actually have a more positive effect. What, what is the old saying, Ed? Be careful what you wish for, because you might get it. Yeah. Um, I remember back the what's called the assault weapons ban that passed under Clinton, uh, there was a Republican... A congressman out in California who said, "Well, I didn't believe in it. I knew it wouldn't work, but we just had to do something." And that's see, and that's, that's the worst. Something. That gets yep. the politicians well, off the hook. See, I did something. Yeah, that's what they keep yelling. They have to do something. Maybe there's nothing that you can do, or maybe we thought? actually ought to look at other things other than passing more laws that you can't, you know, enforce the ones you got now. Well, if I started naming some of the things that I think would be good to to do. It won't happen because they've gotten over the last 40 years, they've done everything to stop it. And that's like putting God back into mm-hmm, school and mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that. You know, that's things that I want everybody to think about a little bit. You as obviously well. must be a racist. Yeah, that's why you're bringing that up. Who knows? We know. Everybody <laughs> knows how I am. I was just talking to uh, higher up in Salem today. And uh, they were talking about my show, and I said, I very seldom honk my own horn, and Elizabeth will attest to that. And But I did on this. I was the first talk show host in Little Rock, perhaps in Arkansas, to have black people fill in for me. I let them come on and, and do my show. And I've been told by more than a few people you're so courageous. They're not courageous. They, they're it's talented. The right thing to do one, it's I mean, talent. Joe Booker. Joe Booker is very, very, very talented. So I had him on many times. Well, you said earlier that you feel you might be contributing to. Mm-mm. And again, I realize I do your social media, but I've listened to your show for a really long time. And the reason I used to just listen before I started doing what I do now because there's facts, because you bring on the people like Ed who have the information, not the speculation, yeah, not the rumoring, not the propaganda points, the talking points, but the facts. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into just feeding, you know, emotional driven opinion. There's times for that. I'm not saying that there isn't. But, you know, you come every time you've ever been on, Ed. You've given us a lot of things to think about. I mean, one of the things that I said at the beginning of the show that you said wouldn't be any good, and that is uh, the death penalty. Now, I I disagree with you in effect that I think if you were found guilty and they took you out and back to the courthouse and hung you up, 
and they did it publicly, that perhaps that would have an effect on maybe a few people. I I would never be for that. And on another show, maybe we can talk about the Cowan case uh, up in Boston. But um, I think that would have an effect on some, some some crime. But the person who says, before I ever walk into this church, Walmart, school, oh, I'm going to die. Up, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't agree with that. They don't care. I'm going to impose the death penalty on myself. But I've if I can decided. reduce, if I by 1%, the the people that might pick up a weapon and go out and kill people, then then I'm all for getting rid of evil people anyway. They're evil people that should be their demise be taken care of. I mean, there's no doubt we know who did the shooting at the Walmart in El Paso. Mm-hmm. We know who did that. Put him in, take him, give him a speedy trial. Him a speedy He's going to be found, found guilty and then hang him. Just my false thoughts. We wouldn't have any problem with the drug issue that we've had in Arkansas. No, you're right about that. Yeah. See, I don't think, I don't, I don't want them to die peacefully. Rope doesn't have an expiration date, does it? No, it does not. I, I don't want them to die peacefully. And maybe I'll answer for that one day when I, when I'm judged at Bema seat. And, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking no, because Paul said that the state wields the sword. Render under Caesar. Yeah. Or unto Caesar. Yeah. And bottom line, that's the law. It's the state that's taking care of it. So bottom line, we're either us. We're either a nation of laws, and that means all the laws Mm -hmm. up and down the line, and we reinforce that, or we're not. There is not. I mean, that's what's wrong. We're in this in between. I decided to get up today, so that law doesn't apply. I decided that it's okay to have a sanctuary city because I don't believe in that. You know, we're in this in between thing where we're not enforcing or believing that we're a nation of laws, and it's only sliding down very quickly. All right. Before I let you go, Elizabeth, thanks for coming in. Thanks for letting me. Always a pleasure. While you're uh, when you get back to your home, kind of keep an eye on the uh, our Facebook, if you will. And if anybody has a question, fire it off to me, and I'll we'll do an- our best. Answer it, Ed. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be on, Dave. Yeah, I mean, here's how it happened. We were having lunch. He's telling me this. I look at what are you doing today? <laughs> and he goes, um, I got to do a little bit of shopping. Then I'm going home. And I said, Well, uh-uh. <laughs> how about coming on at two thirty today and talking about this? Okay. Yep. You got a whiteboard? No, but I'll get one. And he picked one up before he came. That's Thank extremely you. interesting. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right. We'll be back. Robert Steinbach coming up around the corner here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. Four o'clock. Uh, Robert Steinbach is in with us. And we're glad to have him here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He, of course, is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law over at UALR. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the School of Law or the university. And of course, today we've been talking about the shootings that occurred over the weekend. Uh, Robert, you said that you lo- listened to the last few moments of the show with Ed and, Even and more with than Elizabeth. That, yeah. Oh, sure. And uh, Ed, uh, as you know him because he yeah. trained you, that's right, uh, brings a lot of of gravitas, as I like to say at that point, about all of that. So I think He's an was... expert on these shootings. He's an expert on school shootings, on mass shootings. I'm actually thinking of inviting him to put a presentation on at the law school, not on behalf of the law school, to be clear, but we can do public presentations. We can use the facilities, and I might bring him in to do a talk on these on these types of shootings. He has real insight when it comes to that and he's he done, does he's an expert he, he gives these presentations to schools and other 
organizations. Yeah, churches. He goes That's all right. over the United States. People That's right. Don't realize that he does some of it at his own cost. Oh as yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Well, as you likely know, he's a West Point graduate. Yep. Um, roughly twenty years in the military. Tank given, commander. Right. Tank commander. Gulf War. Right. And uh, uh, and a firearms expert. Mm-hmm. So you kind of. I'm not saying there's nobody with more expertise, but they're far and few between. I agree. I agree. Hey, for uh, our listeners and for us as well, because I did not get to hear all of this uh, earlier, the president gave a speech today or stood up in front of the cameras, and uh, it's about a little over eight minutes long. And so I wanted to play this for everybody so they could hear it. Here's what the president had to say earlier today. Good morning. My fellow Americans, this morning, our nation is overcome with shock, horror, and sorrow. This weekend, more than 80 people were killed or wounded in two evil attacks. One Saturday morning in El Paso, Texas, a wicked man went to a Walmart store where families were shopping with their loved ones. He shot and murdered 20 people and injured 26 others, including precious little children. Then, in the early hours of Sunday morning, Dayton, Ohio, another twisted monster opened fire on a crowded downtown street. He murdered nine people, including his own sister, and injured 27 others. The First Lady and I join all Americans in praying and grieving for the victims, their families, and the survivors. We will stand by their side forever. We will never forget. These barbaric slaughters are an assault upon our communities, an attack upon our nation, and a crime against all of humanity. We are outraged and sickened by this monstrous evil, the cruelty, the hatred, the malice, the bloodshed, and the terror. Our hearts are shattered for every family whose parents, children, husbands, and wives were ripped from their arms and their lives. America weeps for the fallen. We are a loving nation, and our children are entitled to grow up in a just, peaceful, and loving society. Together, we lock arms to shoulder the grief. We ask God in heaven to ease the anguish of those who suffer, and we vow to act with urgent resolve. I want to thank the many law enforcement personnel who responded to these atrocities with the extraordinary grace and courage of American heroes. I have spoken with Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, as well as Mayor DeMargo of El Paso, Texas, and Mayor Nan Whaley of Dayton, Ohio, to express our profound sadness and unfailing support. Today, we also send the condolences of our nation to President Obrador of Mexico, and all the people of Mexico for the loss of their citizens in the El Paso shooting. Terrible, terrible thing. I have also been in close contact with Attorney General Barr 
and FBI Director Ray. Federal authorities are on the ground, and I have directed them to provide any and all assistance required, whatever is needed. The shooter in El Paso posted a manifesto online consumed by racist hate. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. Hatred warps the mind, ravages the heart, and devours the soul. We have asked the FBI to identify all further resources they need to investigate and disrupt hate crimes and domestic terrorism, whatever they need. We must recognize that the Internet has provided a dangerous avenue to radicalize, disturb minds, and perform demented acts. We must shine light on the dark recesses of the Internet and stop mass murders before they start. The Internet, likewise, is used for human trafficking, illegal drug distribution, and so many other heinous crimes. The perils of the Internet and social media cannot be ignored, and they will not be ignored. In the two decades since Columbine, our nation has watched with rising horror and dread as one mass shooting has followed another over and over again, decade after decade. We cannot allow ourselves to feel powerless. We can and will stop this evil contagion. In that task, we must honor the sacred memory of those we have lost by acting as one people. Open wounds cannot heal if we are divided. We must seek real bipartisan solutions. We have to do that in a bipartisan manner that will truly make America safer and better for all. First, we must do a better job of identifying and acting on early warning signs. I am directing the Department of Justice to work in partnership with local, state, and federal agencies, as well as social media companies to develop tools that can detect mass shooters before they strike. As an example, the monster in the Parkland High School in Florida had many red flags against him, and yet nobody took decisive action. Nobody did anything. Why not? Second, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It is too easy today for troubled youth to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must stop or substantially reduce this, and it has to begin immediately. Cultural change is hard, but each of us can choose to build a culture that celebrates the inherent worth and dignity of every human life. That's what we have to do. Third, we must reform our mental health laws to better identify mentally disturbed individuals who may commit acts of violence and make sure those people not only get treatment, but when necessary, involuntary confinement. Mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. Fourth, we must make sure that those judged 
to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws, also known as extreme risk protection orders. Today, I'm also directing the Department of Justice to propose legislation ensuring that those who commit hate crimes and mass murders face the death penalty and that this capital punishment be delivered quickly, decisively, and without years of needless delay. These are just a few of the areas of cooperation that we can pursue. I am open and ready to listen and discuss all ideas that will actually work and make a very big difference. Republicans and Democrats have proven that we can join together in a bipartisan fashion to address this plague. Last year, we enacted the Stop School Violence and Fix NICS Acts into law, providing grants to improve school safety and strengthening critical background checks for firearm purchases. At my direction, the Department of Justice banned bump stocks last year we prosecuted a record number of firearms offenses. But there is so much more that we have to do. Now is the time to set destructive partisanship aside, so destructive, and find the courage to answer hatred with unity, devotion, and love. Our future is in our control. America will rise to the challenge we will always have and we always will win. The choice is ours and ours alone. It is not up to mentally ill monsters. It is up to us. If we are able to pass great legislation after all of these years, we will ensure that those who were attacked will not have died in vain. May God bless the memory of those who perished in Toledo. And may God protect them. May God protect all of those from Texas to Ohio. May God bless the victims and their families. May God bless America. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. That was the president of the United States earlier today. Uh, he made uh, basically five points. Mm-hmm. I agree on many of them, I disagree mm-hmm. with some of them, mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably to be expected. Mm-hmm. But what did you think about this? I thought statements? overall it was it was good, uh, and I agree. I also agree with some and disagree with others. Although I suspect we'll find out in a moment. I'm sure that I disagree with slightly less than you do because I know one of them that within the right context I think is a is permissible and you don't but more broadly I, I thought it was a good job I heard by the way that I just have to point this out the leftist media oh my gosh at one point he said Toledo instead of Dayton oh my uh, god Biden uh, said Michigan and but, uh, Houston but whatever like I mean I'm seriously right you're know, like can I borrow a Bidenism come on yeah. man right it's like <laughs> oh my god I don't know if that was in the speech or he just had it in his head inadvertently but Come on, is that seriously an argument? But the well, he doesn't even know where it happened, so how can he? Even, 
Well, at least you had it in the right state. Yeah, it's just, it's such a petty, but I've said it all along. The reason the Democrats are likely to lose the next presidential election is because everything's at 11, if I may borrow a phrase from, what is Spinal Tap, right? But it's got 11, right? There there is no in-between for these people. Oh my gosh, he said Delita. Well, then he must be a murderer then, right? Yeah. Let's, so why don't we go through what, what you liked and what you didn't well, like? Well, let's this. just yeah. run through the five things That's right. first, and we'll take, and a, then we'll real take a break. Quick break. Yeah. First, there has to be a, a, a way to identify early warning signs. Right. Number two, uh, stop glorifying violence in our culture. That mm. will be the hardest right. lift of all. Right. Number three, reform mental health laws. Right. Four, uh, people in grave ri- uh, risk of mental uh problems no firearms red flag laws and number five uh the death penalty for any mass shooter and make it quick mm-hmm. not drag it out in the courts and then drag it out where they get to sit on death row for years all, all right. right with those five mentioned let's come back and talk about them one right. at a time that's right here on the dave ellswick show all right, 25 minutes after four on a Monday. Some of you are driving home. Your Monday is over. Congratulations, you made it through. Others of you are listening to the show on your computer at work, and uh, you've checked out for the day anyway, so that's good. We, uh, we're happy to have you along here. We're happy to contribute to the lack of productivity in industry. I, I, tr- I truly am. All right, so for you who are listening on the radio, we welcome you. For you who are watching on Facebook, we welcome you as well. Robert Steinbach is here in the studio. He is our, our legal uh, specialist. And there will be some legal questions that are going to come up as we go through these five points. Number one, identifying early warning signs. Let me take you back. If you, have, if you did not uh, hear the first hour of my show today or you did not watch it on Facebook, go back after it's been loaded, podcast, and either listen and share or watch and share. It's important that you do so. Ed Monk was here to explain some things about the Parkland shooting. And it wasn't the shooting itself, uh, although it was eye-opening. It was the stuff I found out about the shooter that totally blew my mind. Here's what I did not know. The Parkland shooter had been attending school for the, the, the year before he did the shooting. However, the school system knew this kid was a danger. He knew the the in-school hall monitors, as I call them, called him crazy boy. Mm-hmm. He was stopped every day when he showed up for school and physically searched. If he had a bag, it was looked at, gone through to make sure he didn't have any weapons. He was patted down to make sure he had no weapons. And I asked this question. If someone is that dangerous, why are we letting them into our public school system? Well, in fact, he got kicked out of school. Yes, then he, he shows up at the shooting and no one stops him. So when he's a carrying, student, carrying, yeah, a, carrying rifle a big rifle bag. bag, right? So when when he's a student, he gets searched. When he's not a student, he just walks on the campus, walks into the building, opens up the rifle bag. A student conf- 
sort of bumps into him, and he says to the student, I'd get out of here if I were you. Student runs out, tells somebody. And they do nothing. I think they came in or something. But essentially, well, they finally did. They ended up getting shot right, by th- this kid. Right. They come in and they get shot. And I think a, a second guy comes in, gets shot. One guy, uh, janitor, I think, like hides in the closet. Of course. W- no, it wasn't janitor. It was a, a monitor. A monitor. He yeah. ran up to the second floor. He, when he heard the shots, he, he was walking. It's on film uh, or tape. He walks up the stairs and then he hears the shots and he runs, gets to the second floor, goes in the janitor's closet, locks it. Doesn't call anybody, doesn't notify anybody, but hides. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, of course, it's already called in by, what's his name, Peterson, the cop? Is that his name? I think it's... I don't remember right. his name. Event, the cop who Who's says, sat outside. Right. Not only does he sit outside, he says, don't go in. His police department shows up. They don't go in. And then... Uh, Coral Gables, I think, which is a neighboring police department, shows up and they look around. What are you doing? Oh, no, no. And they just march right past the locals and they're the ones to go in first. If that cop who was the resource officer on scene would have done his job in the first instance, likely some or all of the people on the third floor that were killed, which is about a half dozen, would not have been killed. Yeah, 10. 10, yeah. They would have been, they would probably, he could have stopped that's right uh that shooting it there was no way to stop what had already happened of 24 people being shot mm-hmm. to that freshman that walked in on him in a stairwell and he was loading up his ar-15 uh, he looked at him and said uh you need to get out of here things are going to get messy right right and told him and the kid went and told the person right. and instead of notifying anybody they walked all the way around to the other end and came in and he happened to run into the shooter then right. and they shoot, right. they shot him and, and ended up uh, killing him. Right. All right. Got news. Let's do that. And then we'll be back with more. All right. Just joined us. We're talking about the president gave his speech today. And he gave five points in that speech. First point was early warning signs. Now, here's something that Robert brought up during the break. What's that mean? Right, right. So it's a great idea, and I think we can pursue some things, and the FBI does some of these things. They check websites, they look at events, and they try to sort of coordinate all of these pieces of information. Let me just stop you for a second. Okay, yes, the sir. FBI is watching. Right. How many people? Right, exactly. exactly. I mean, seriously, is no, there no, like I know. one person locked in a room, and all they do is watch the website? I understand. I, I agree. So the notion is entirely valid. The application of it, I don't know. And look, I'm not an expert on everything. I'm not an expert on the application. So let's see. Here's what I'm, a point I want to make. And Ed made it very well. Ed Monk, who was on my show uh, from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And he said this. You go out to try to make things secure. And people get there and they feel really, really safe. When in fact, they're not really, really safe. He, you know, he pointed out to the Garlic Festival out in California where the guy shot up those people out there. They had metal detectors at the front gate. Guess what? Shooter knew that. He went to the back of where the festival was and using bolt cutters, cut through the chain link fence and came in that way. (laughs) You know, all of the things we'll talk about doesn't prevent someone who is bound and determined to do but with that said, Evil. 
the more you harden a target, the more difficult. Yeah, it doesn't you make. mean that right. we don't do anything. Right. I don't. I don't want people to. I, I think that. we should harden target. I was thinking about after these events what we could do at my school. One thing that comes to my mind, and and I might experiment it. We'll see. Is to lock the classroom doors. So during class, the door is locked. You know, you can go out, you, you take a key or something to come back in the room. Meaning you just – someone can't walk in the room randomly during class. That provides a level of security. As we've discussed on your show before, Dave, I had a student, for example, I think more than one, who was a cop in my class. That's just an added benefit, right? Yeah. So that kind of thing. All right. So number two, stop glorification of violence. This is a cultural change we're talking about. The culture of our society now, action movies have a lot of uh, shooting and bloodshed and car crashes and video games are the same way. Uh, They're not only just blood and guts, there's sex and all kinds of stuff in those video games. Uh, That is a heavy lift. Other than that, I think it's a little too easy, meaning... I agree. We need to remove the actual glorification of violence, meaning when gangs say, you've got to kill someone to join the gang and you're a tough guy only if you do something violent. That's the real glorification of violence. Yes. Watching the Tarantino movie is, I'm sorry, that's that's not the glorification of violence that leads to this kind of thing. These two killers didn't kill anybody because of a Tarantino movie. And I'm skeptical that they did it because of a video game, frankly. No, I'm, I'm with you yeah. on this, all right? And, yeah, I, I know I was talking to Ed, and he said, think about a bell graph right. where it goes up and then comes over and goes all the way down. The people that you're worried about are probably the people at the very end of the, they of the are. graph. That's they're, correct. They're, they're on the edge they're the anyway. Extreme. They're on the edge That's anyway. Right. So, uh, you know, you you deny everybody else to take care of a very, very small, small percentage. You can't create an anodyne entertainment industry because you think someone is going to take something wrong from some movie some television show, uh, et cetera. It's, it's a little unreasonable. All right. Number three, reform mental health law. Mm-hmm. Treatment, mm-hmm. involuntary confinement. Mm-hmm. Look, we've always had this notion and this law, these laws. People who are dangerous to themselves or others are confined even if they don't commit a, a criminal act. Like 72 hours. Or longer. No, if they, if uh, during the 72 hour process, they are determined to be violent to oh, themselves. Oh, no, I would agree. Yeah, with then that. they hold on to it. So that's not a new concept. Now, maybe, I don't know the details. A colleague of mine is actually an expert on it, Tom Sullivan. But the point is that these things. Can we get Tom on sometime? Maybe. He doesn't like to go on, on media very much, but we okay. can try. We uh, can try. Tell him I give him a sucker. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> and the, the, we do this already. And so the president's comment, I take it, means we need to strengthen it. And I'm certainly behind that. I have no objection to that. In fact, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, well, doesn't it make sense that point number four right. is really three with a plus plus behind it? Let's hear okay. it. Grave risk, no firearms, red flag laws. Right. And so that's the thing I recall 
last year during the legislative session when folks were talking about the red flag laws and the Democrats were in favor of them and the Republicans were generally against them. And I didn't really comment on them one way or the other. No one really asked me, by the way, which is fine. My point is I, I wasn't in a position to be commenting on them, but I took a position somewhere in between, which is the notion that you can go to court when someone is, as we just talked about, as you say, they're related, Some has some sort of um, mental problem that makes them a danger to themselves or others, which results either in their incarceration or some other remedy to make them less dangerous to society. That notion already exists. And the concept of the red flag law is to to put that together with specifically addressing the possession of firearms. The challenge with that, however, is that those on the left want to bypass generally due process to get there. You can't do that, you folks. You see what I got written right well, there? There you go. Due process. That's what the I same had. way, by the way, if you go, well, I think my neighbor's crazy. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll call the cops and throw them in, in the nut house. Yeah. No! No, there needs to be. Could you imagine? Because let me tell you, Dave, they'd call them on us yeah, just because we're, we're conservatives. Absolutely. So... Uh, if there's due process, then the same way someone would be adjudicated uh, mentally incompetent, they would also have an – that would relatedly lead to the prohibition on them having firearms. So the notion is possible, but you've got to do it right. No, that's the problem I have. That's the devil in the That's the, the fly in the ointment as go. far as I'm, as I'm concerned. I agree with you then. You know, number five death penalty quickly for anybody who's a mass shooter now when ed and i were talking ed says that's not going to have any effect on the guy or gal and i'm going to say guy because it's typically men who are doing has it ever been a woman i wonder yeah i don't know if that's happened yet right right Mm -hmm. you're you're absolutely right i don't want to talk about it too much because there might be somebody listening that doesn't matter i want to be diverse uh bottom line is uh some guy goes out and, and kills people and then turns the gun on themselves. They they kill themselves. Or they're going out knowing that, you know, they want to be They'll taken out by the police, cops. you know, right. suicide by police. This guy in uh, uh, the Walmart shooting evidently in his manifesto had talked about killing himself but then chickened out and couldn't do so. Well, for those folks that do want to still live and know that the way our death penalty is doled out and that they can put off the inevitable sometimes for decades i say in this case because the chance of getting the wrong person is very it's microscopically minute essentially zero as yes. you as you have suggested i mean we all past. know who killed those people at the walmart in el paso i think they they get their trial just like the constitutional says the constitution says they get a a you know, quick and speedy trial by a, a jury of their of their uh, you know peers. peers, and then found guilty. And you have uh, now some people would disagree with me on this. I don't think that you give them the death penalty by lethal injection. Too good for them. Take them out. Uh, either have firing squad or put them up on the gallows and hang them right behind the courthouse immediately. Boom. Done. Well, I think I'm not has- sure you can eliminate the right to appeal, but nonetheless, I agree with your point. For those that don't like the death penalty, 
I'm not one of them, by the way. But for those that don't like the death penalty, uh, one of their apt concerns is that what happens if you make a mistake? As you point out, Dave, it's virtually impossible. These people are almost invariably caught in the middle of it. Yeah, right? they're on tape. You can right. see who it is. Exactly. And they and they give a manifesto saying, I'm going to do this. And then they do it. So the identity issue is all but entirely eliminated. And therefore, even those that object to the death penalty on that ground don't have that cudgel to oppose it in this instance. So for sure, for sure, I'm for the death penalty for those that commit mass murder. Yeah. I, I don't just don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts on this. Right. You've got to take care of what you got to take care of and can't get caught up in the minutia on this, and that's what a lot of people do. They get caught up in the uh, the minutia. Right. Let me talk a little bit about Sonny's because Sonny's is out there ready to help you out, save money on fixing your car if your car has had, a, you know, some kind of engine problem or transmission problem. Uh I'm one of those folks that uses Sunny. I'm a, oh, last uh, four or five years have been using Sunny's extensively because I drive the heck out of my cars. I mean, I got a 2010 Acadia, and it's all, it's already past the 300,000-mile mark. And I put a lot of miles on my car, so it's going to break down. And mine did. The engine, the, the drive shaft and whatever went bad. Had to replace it. Now, I could have gone and got a rebuilt engine or an o, you know, OEM uh, part, but I didn't want to do that because they're really, really expensive. I mean, very expensive, five $6,000 a piece expensive in some cases as far as the motor goes. So I got a hold of uh, RD over at Sonny's Auto Salvage and asked him if they had uh, uh, you know, a 2010 uh, Acadia and had an engine for a 2010 and they ran uh you know some numbers and things and said yeah they had one and uh, they got it for me it cost me 1500 bucks the engine ran fine it was tested came from a total loss vehicle i mean that means the car has been in a crash and you can't drive it anymore uh, the insurance company says we're not going to pay to fix it doesn't mean that the motor's bad in it doesn't mean the transmission's bad in it just means that it's all smashed up typically well they found me the motor they found me a transmission we replaced both of them uh and with all of the work required to put that in uh both parts i i paid about uh five thousand dollars that's about well i can tell you it's less than a third of what it would cost me otherwise to me, that's the way to do it, and it's definitely better than going out and buying a new car because the body of mine looks pretty doggone good still, but go out and buy a new car and get five to seven years of payments at, what, $600 a month maybe? No, that ain't me. So you can do the same. This is your way to recycle all the parts. Do like I always say. Go green when you save green. And that's Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Call them, talk to them, ask them if they can help you. They do labor and all of that. They've got one, two, three-year warranties on all their parts. 982-7451. 982-7451. Man, we are coming up on the last hour of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Monday. It is just 
flown past today. Before we uh, get to the end of this hour, though, uh, there was a piece done by NBC News with Dr. John Torres, and he's their kind of like correspondent doctor that they use. He's an emergency room physician out in uh, Denver, Colorado. Hear what he has to say here. Hallie, that was his third point, talking about mental health and the mental health issues that might be associated with the shooting, which unfortunately does stigmatize mental health again as one of the issues behind these shootings, when in fact it turns out that the majority of shooters in these uh, issues end up not having a mental health diagnosis, have not been treated for mental health issues. And so the point I made up earlier is that mental health is the same in other areas around the world, especially developing countries, and they don't have the same amount of gun violence as we do. So that's not the point that needs to be addressed as the main point, certainly as one of the points in this thing. And if you look at statistics, if you look at research, the key factors behind these mass shootings are violent crimes, domestic violence, alcohol abuse, Mm. and drug abuse. Mental health does not tend to be one of the key components behind it. And then there's something else called social contagion, which is a new word that's being bantered around. And that's essentially hearing that these things are going on, seeing these things on the web, talking to other people who talk about these types of violent crimes, and then saying, okay, this might be something that uh, that's normal it encourages other people to do it and so that's something that's coming about and is new all right let's let's talk about what he just said meant uh alcohol and drug abuse yeah of course all you're of not these... in your mind right mind if you're under the effect of you know heavy right. use of alcohol and and drug abuse you know that Right. I don't know what his definition of mental, mental health, health is. is, right? So you're an alcoholic or a drug user, and that doesn't come under the category of mental health? Okay, I, I remember once I was speaking with a guy who was pushing methadone, and he said, you know, the misconception about methadone is it's replacing one drug with another. And I said, well, that's what I thought. And he said, oh, well, let me tell you why it's not. And he goes on for 20 minutes to explain it, and I said, you've now confirmed that it's replaced so, and it was all about just language well it's not a drug because it's legal because you made it legal it's just it's just as bad well it's not to be fair it's not quite as bad so maybe it's better to replace one drug with another but it ain't a lot better and it it has all sorts of problems associated with it so i'm not saying we shouldn't have it i'm just saying it's replacing one drug with another and here he's given us a definition of mental health out of the box that is so narrow, and then he said, well, therefore, it's not mental health. Yeah, and the last thing we said was a social contagion. Right, which is also a mental health issue. Yeah, that's a mental health thing. If what you're watching or hearing, exactly, suddenly a little voice in your head says, well, I want to do that. That's right. Well, that's not a, that's not a a logical person. Exactly. That's not a sane person. I, I think I can make an argument that anybody who walks into a Walmart with a weapon, whether it's a gun, a knife, a pipe bomb, or whatever, and starts to wantonly just kill people indiscriminately, there's something wrong with them. Most there's, people there's, don't want to do that. There's no question, by any reasonable assessment of these people, like the Parkland show, shooter, the two in the last uh, day or so uh, that committed these shootings. The Columbine The killers. Columbine killers. If you are unwilling to say they're some form of crazy, by the way, can we still use that term? Because that's what applies here. There's some form of crazy. I use nut job. All right. Then 
If you're unwilling to do that, well, then you're not talking normal English. So, of course, there's a mental health issue. You're not thinking logically. Well, you're saying there's there's people with mental health issues in other countries. Well, you know, let me borrow a term from the left. It's intersectionality, right? It's mental health. It's much... It's exactly what he said, the social contagion. The social contagion doesn't exist to the same degree in other countries. It is the – and they say, well, it's all about the guns. Well, it's not all about the guns, but obviously you need to have a gun if you're going to shoot someone. I'm not saying that's not true. Of course that's true. But it can be anything. Let's let's go to Rwanda back in the 90s where they killed hundreds of thousands of Tutsis using machetes. Mm -hmm. All right? That was a cultural thing that occurred, and they're still trying to get over it. Bottom line, they didn't use guns. They used what they had, and at that point, it was machetes. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. Then a final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show is coming your way right here on 101.1 FM, The the Answer. All right, into the final hour, Dave Ellswick Show, the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Robert Steinbach is with us. He is a law professor at the Bowen School of Law over at UALR. His opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect those of the school or the uh, institution. And uh, say that just to uh, protect Robert and the school and the UALR institution. The president spoke out today about what happened over the weekend dealing with the shooting in El Paso and in Dayton, Ohio. And he raised five main points. Let me run through them because that's what we've been talking about. You who are just joining us, uh, the phone number 501-823-0965 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Number one, early warning signs, being able to detect shootings or mass shootings before they occur. Was number one. Number two, stop glorification of violence, like in video games. Number three, reform mental health laws, treatment for people who need it, and uh, involuntary confinement if necessary. Four, those who are at grave risk for violence, no firearms, and then he brought up red flag laws. And finally, number five, the death penalty for mass shooters and make it as quick as possible. Those are the five things uh, that he said. We'll, we'll get to where we're talking about them. First of all, let's go ahead and let's go to the uh, the phones. Roman is with us at, uh, in Garland County. Roman, you're up on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Dave, thank you for the opportunity on the heels of another massive uh, assault on uh, on humanity in a, in a sense the republic yep and just what, what I, i'm just going to say this and for wherever it goes and however it affects me future wise i'm willing to take that risk because i think it needs to be said okay there's you know uh wolfgang halbig out of florida did quite an investigation up, up until he was stopped on the sandy hook situation You've got the Twin Towers were presented to us in a unique way of being a foreign entity that struck at the core of, of America. Now you've got grand jury investigations. You've got Richard Gage from Architects 
uh, for 911 Truth, uh, filing some documents in D.C. in the last month. You've got the firefighters who probably have won the biggest uh, shining light into the darkness of that specific episode. And now we're finding ourselves in another active shooter scenario situation. And I think there's something that collectively, even with the president's comments today, I'm really surprised that when he talked about the evil, that he didn't talk about that evil that he's trying to get indictments again and bring to the table for their corruption within the system of the Republic. So I would like to see some light shown on the fact that some of these shooters may be victims of ops, special ops, black flag operations to affect the Republic in the golden hour where we're trying to clean up some really big messes. And are, are we being victimized as Americans by the United States? Because it's interesting. Everyone's always saying United States, but we are Americans. And when we talk about America, we don't say the United States of America or the Republic. We're the democracy. So there's a lot of, lot of wishy-washy stuff going on. Does any of that make sense to y'all, or have you thought about that? No, I know it. I know what you're saying. I've I've heard the talk, and I've I've talked to people who believe in in that. In fact, uh, I've heard other people call in before and have said, you know, there is there a possibility that there are people out there that have a political agenda that maybe these are people that are going out and doing this to try to push the nation closer to the way that they want to go to it. If it is, I think it's very, very, very small chance. I can't say it couldn't be happening. I just don't think that it is happening. That's my whole feel about it. And I think that if you go too deep in that, uh, you can drive yourself to a realization that can lead you to do things that you wouldn't do otherwise. I'm just, just being honest with you. So, uh, but Roman, I know where you're coming from. I understand it. And I don't believe, for instance, that the Twin Towers was done by our government. Don't buy that any way, shape, or form. I know people who bring up different things, but take a close look at people who, who go, have gone in and taken what they have said and slowly taken it apart and why what they say doesn't make any sense. My whole thing about this is this, my whole argument against it, is that our federal government can't keep a secret for about anything, to be honest with you. How do we expect that they would keep a secret on one of the greatest crimes of our country's history? I just don't think it would happen. That's all. Bottom line. That's just the way it is. All right, with that said, uh, I want to come back. And somebody sent me a, a text saying, uh, I use the name, I still, um, and I'm going to still use it. I use the uh, term nutcase. And, uh, and then uh, Bob said crazies, or Robert said crazies. And the person said, the president's calling for mental health emphasis. Your terms are not helpful. And I find that BS. That's not true. I was actually going to comment when we were discussing it. Send your letters to Dave Ellsworth. <laughs> Why? Because you know there's always someone. To, is it not helpful? Okay, don't listen. And, and and then just a moment later, they said, "Wow, that caller's crazy." Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. It's it's it, it. I'm just saying. The fact is, 
that the term crazy, by the way, Dave, in colloquial English means a mental health issue. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. I'm not being derisive. I'm being descriptive. Yeah, so am I. Right? A guy who goes out, takes a bunch of guns, and shoots up a mall, that's a mental health issue. Or another way to say it is, that guy's crazy. I'll tell you something else. I say it that way. I I call them nut jobs because I'll be honest with you. Look, I was in the military. I've been shot at. I've shot back. I've done all of that kind of stuff, okay? But here's the key. I cannot get my hands around a person that, or a kid. And because I was a kid one time, I hung out at school. I've been bullied before and all kinds of stuff. I cannot get my hands around a person that goes out and wantonly kills innocent people just because they feel like killing them. That right. it gives them a feeling of power or whatever. I cannot get my hands around that. And personally, they need to be out of the gene pool. That's my thought about it. Period. I guess the the notion that the caller or writer is suggesting is that some or all of those terms remove the medical aspect of it. Frankly, I'm not I'm not suggesting that at all. Well, because somebody calls you a nut job, that means if you go and get mental health help, everybody thinks you're a nut job. Oh, well, that, you know, you raise an interesting point, Dave, because let's look at it as a spectrum, right? There are people with depression, there's people with anxiety disorders. There's also, those are all mental health issues. We're, we would not call, we are not calling those no, people I don't call crazy them nut jobs. or nut jobs. No, no, but if you're someone who thinks it's acceptable to take a gun and shoot up a mall, I think crazy does apply. And I actually don't think that's unhelpful. I think that draws a distinction from other types of mental health issues, postpartum depression. We don't call that crazy. We call it depression. So, yeah, I think there is a spectrum to be described. And the extreme end of that spectrum, crazy does apply. But you don't have to, by the way, I appreciate the writer's comment. And the writer doesn't have to use that term, but I don't think I'm going to change. No, I can tell you I'm not going to change. Right. Just not going to happen. I'm never but I welcome the comment. You know, it's something to consider. All right. With that said, it's 17 minutes after 5. You know what that means. It means you've got to get a break in because you need your traffic. You need your weather. Let's get to that right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. Hope that uh, the traffic is working in your favor today. Hey. Yes. Uh, it's pouring down rain out there right now. Oh, is it really pouring yeah, down rain? Well, we needed some. That's good. We can use some rain. That's cool. Slow down. All right. I'll give you my here's here's my take on the traffic. Slow down. We've got uh, forty uh, minutes left to the show, so you got to stay in your car to hear the end of the show in yeah, any event. You'll enjoy it. Just just be there. But we were supposed to get we had a chance about forty percent chance of some thunderstorms today it, it surprises me we haven't had more because it's it's been a typical summer now where it's hot it's humid that juices up the atmosphere and any kind of uh humidity in the air forms clouds and comes back to earth and we've needed some i mean i about choked to death cutting my lawn I, I remember so one much summer, dusk dusk dust dust i remember one summer it would rain essentially every weekend because that was the cycle we were stuck I hate on. It was that. Like, oh no! But yeah, I hate that. Right, I do really it on do. Monday. It's better. All right. So uh, this this Saturday, I'm 
I'm celebrating my uh, 28th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. With Linda, and we're going to go out and have dinner with some friends of ours. They told us uh, we should pick the place to go, and I'm thinking I'm going to go to Sawgrass over in North Little Rock. Uh, but the next weekend, I'm going to Memphis. Nice. I'm going to do my. I'm going to take the Saturday off. I'm going to have somebody fill in for me for the car and truck doctors, and I'm going to go over to Memphis. We're going to go to the zoo during the day, and then that evening, I'm going to the ball field because the Iowa Cubs are in town. Oh, nice! Go watch the AAA mm-hmm. uh, Chicago Cubs play the mm-hmm. AAA St. Louis Cardinals. So I can't get up to Chicago to see the two teams play, or get up to Bush. Up in St. Louis, so I'll do the next best thing. Sure, I'll go see minor league baseball next, which is uh, pretty week. good baseball. Uh, I uh, understand it's, it's it's major league baseball because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the guys are waiting. That's once the next step is the big, you know, the big. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I want to go watch some of that, see what's uh, what's going on. All right, tw- well, we got 22 minutes after five here on this Monday. Let's move away from talking about the shootings. Sure, I think we've pretty much plumbed. Well, as much as we can out of that. Tomorrow right. we'll pick up on it on the uh, the power panel because Jan Moore going to be here and she'll want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about red flag law since the president brought it up. I know where Jan stands mm-hmm. on red flag law, so we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, and you and I agree on something. You know, I would go along with red flag laws if they are so tight. That due process is not left out. And I've not seen anyone yet that has, you know, brought forth uh, a red flag law that's got any kind of really good due process in it. I mean, Bond and I'm trying to think the guy out of Northwest. Was it Letting? Letting, yes. Right. Letting, Greg Letting. Uh, they were coming up with those ideas last legislative session. There was no due process whatsoever mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. people at all. Mm-hmm. It was like, Go in front of a judge, and the judge just makes a decision. That's not due process. You don't get to stand in front of the judge and make your argument with legal counsel or anything. Uh-uh. No, nah, I just won't go there. Yeah, these we'll one-party one party determinations. The, no. In other words, you don't get to defend yourself. Mm-mm. Not going there. Just It leads just to what you said. Well, it leads to tyranny. I fought, see, I fought that over in, the, in Cabot High School. Uh, this is on a much smaller scale, but let me tell you what they were trying to do. They were... They were doing it to protect the kids. All right. Here's what they said. You could report another student anonymously. Right, right, right. Anonymously for something they were intending to do or had done. Anonymously. And and I wonder, do you think... Any kid would wind up making something up. That's ex- is that, that was even my exa- that was my exact point. Is and that- no way of tracking it down right. if it was made up. And I said, and I called the the uh, uh, principal. And then when I didn't get a decent answer from him, and my daughter was attending school there at the time, I called uh, Thomas, the superintendent, and asked him to join me on the air and ask him about it. Right. And he didn't know she was doing it. The, the principal, mm-hmm. it stopped immediately. It mm-hmm. needed to. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. let people just anonymously make aspersions about people. And in this case, they were going to toss people out of school. In a bigger occasion like this, they could take your firearms away from you and put you in jail. Or worse than that, put you in a mental health facility. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Sounds too much like 
what they did over in the Soviet Union. Well, what's funny is the left talks about all of these due process rights for those charged with crimes, often heinous crimes. But since they have such an antipathy towards guns, they say, oh, well, if we're concerned you're dangerous with guns, we'll just come take them away. Well, wait, what? Better, the, uh, and here's right. the, the, the part of it that they say that's the worst. Better to be wrong and not let something happen than something happened and we didn't do anything. No, you well, don't course, do things just because you're going to do something. They don't. They don't say that about convicting criminal defendants, right? In other words, we know as a fact, as a fact, that the vast majority of those people charged with crimes are guilty. We're not picking people up randomly off the street. We're picking up people who have close associations with the crimes with which they're charged. There can be mistakes, but they were they were nearby, they look like somebody, they were partially involved, whatever the case may be. And that's why we have due process, to protect those relatively few innocents who are caught up in the criminal justice system. The same notion, I'm afraid, applies here, folks. Even though you lefties don't like guns, and to say don't like is an understatement of, uh, of, uh, of a millennium, because they hate guns. They hate them. And, and it drives so much of what they're saying. We've talked many times, Dave, as you know, about the assault weapon ban. Yes. And you know that the left talks about, well, these are, first they started, um, with these are uh, weapons of war. Oh, yeah. Right? Weapons of war. Of course, they're not. And how did they come up with that term, weapons of war? Well, they used assault weapons first. Right. And now everybody understands, if you want to be honest, anything that you use against another person to hurt them is an assault weapon. Right. So now they come up with weapon of war. And why is it a weapon of war? Because it looks like one. Because it looks like... There's no question, by the way, folks, for those of you that don't know, the AR-15 looks essentially the same as an M4, which is the modern version of the M16. So you don't need to know all the details, but you know the rifle that the military uses? The one that the public can buy looks essentially the same. But it's not the same because you can't put it on full auto. Well, and, and think about it. It's like a NASCAR car, right? Those things have... Like 700 horsepower, right? And they yeah, have that shell. Because it's called a stock car. Right. It's called a stock car, but it's a shell, right? That looks like a Chevy Caprice or whatever. But there's nothing else is the same. Yeah, you're so, not going to buy it off the lot. Right. And so the shell of the AR-15 is the same as the M4 slash M16. Okay. But the operation is not. So, well, you know, it's, it's real dangerous. Those bullets are... It's less dangerous than a deer rifle. Yeah, it's less dangerous than my three hundred eight. I right. guarantee it. Right. So all guns are designed to kill. Something. Something. Deer guns can kill people and deer. Yep. Guns like the AR-15 have smaller bullets. And don't buy that nonsense with the tumbling. If you, if you start with the word tumbling... Just know this, you don't understand anything about how the bullet operates. Unless, yeah. unless 
they buy an AR-15 of a higher caliber. You can buy a 308. You can buy a 308, which is a AR-15. dangerous uh, combination. That's a because, high-powered AR-15. That's right. That's right. Then you've matched the regular deer rifle. You that's haven't gone right. past it. You've matched it. But the normal shell for an AR-15 is a smaller bullet. And contrary to what some lefties who have never shot a gun say, it's real simple. The smaller the bullet, the less deadly. With that said... They're almost all deadly. But you can kill somebody. Just <laughs> like with a twenty two, you can kill somebody. That's right. Let me shoot you in the head with a twenty two and right. you'll be dead. All right, let's take a break. We gotta get the news in. Robert and I will be back right after this. All right, back with your final uh, segments of the Dave Ellswick show for Monday. Tomorrow, power panel's gonna be in. I'm gonna tell you, you don't wanna miss it. Uh R D gonna be here. Paul will be here, big Second Amendment rights person. And Jan Morgan will be here. I think we can say she's a big Second Rights, Second, uh, Second Amendment. Amendment rights person. And I'm sure we'll all have some things to say about what the president said today. Let's hold on to that, by the way, uh, Russ, for tomorrow. So we can play what the president said in its entirety tomorrow. And people can hear these specific points that he made today. And we'll discuss them tomorrow. Plus, the Bible guys are going to be on, and I'm going to send them a text tonight and ask them to be thinking about, the president talked about a a culture of uh, violence, and we needed a cultural change. How does the church fit into all of that? So we're going to ask church them to family, talk about Dave, it. and of course, those are related concepts, no less. And as you might recall, we talked about an op-ed written by two law professors, one of whom I remember her name, Amy Wax. I, I don't yep. recall the other guy's name offhand. He was out of San Diego, I think. In any event, they had the temerity to suggest, Dave, that some, some, mind you, values of the 50s would do us well today. I agree. Uh, among, of course you do, because it's called common sense. Because I grew up in the, in the late 50s. Right. And those and those values that these two law professors suggested we embody today, marriage before kids, respect of authority, get a job, things like that. And so the left came out with their face melting, as you know. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, in the 50s, there was racism. Yeah, there was. But there's racism in every era. Right. But to be clear. And to be fair, it was worse in the 50s oh, yeah. than the 60s, and then certainly than today. But they weren't advocating for that. And much as I described when we talked about that article then, Hitler apparently was a vegetarian. It doesn't make vegetarians Nazis. Here's something else I want everybody to remember. Just because it was out in the open, like it was in the 50s, because I remember the 50s and early 60s, uh, I remember traveling down to see my brother in Gulfport, Mississippi, and rode a Greyhound bus. Most of the buses I rode in were full of black people and talking with them. I was thir- sure. 13 at the time. And uh, it was over. You go into the bus terminals, there was a white fountain, there was a black fountain, there was white restroom, black restroom. I remember all of that. And it was wrong, absolutely wrong. But... The overt racism you saw there now has gone covert in our own time. People won't admit it, but it still might be there. I'm just saying. I, I'm sure there is some. And that's 
well, we'll, we'll get into the bro- the broader depth of that um, comment perhaps later. But I also believe, well, I know that we are far less racist now, of course, than we were back then. We are a better nation today and we will be a better nation tomorrow. We are constantly an improving and an evolving process this is a great nation. Yes. It has always been a great nation, yep. but it's greater now than it was before. And one reason that we're greater today is because we have put a lot, not all, but a lot of racism behind us. And it is clearly the case that this country is not a racist country, as you describe it in its entirety. Yes. Our criminal justice system, as a system, is not a racist criminal justice system but yet people like elizabeth warren has said exactly the opposite she believes our criminal justice system is a racist criminal justice system i feel sad for her that you believe that you live in a society that is so damaged so depraved it's just not true well here's the other thing that i feel sorry for her is her hypocrisy. Of course. Because here's how she feels about the legal system, but yet she teaches how to get by in the legal she system. She made a career on it, right? And when she taught, by the way, she did not make a career as what's known as a critical legal scholar. Those people would say some of the things like, this is a racist country. Like she a, did not. You know, I mean, Dershowitz <laughs> is a perfect example of somebody who points the finger at times and say, here's right. a problem. That's right. That's All right. right. But he teaches it as well as, you know, says things. And he doesn't believe it's a racist country. No, absolutely So doesn't. he'll point problems in the system for sure. But to, to make these overbroad statements, they're clearly done for political reasons. They're, they're just inflammatory. They're nonsensical. Mind you, by the way, remember our good friend Hillary Clinton said when – during the election, well, if, you know, Trump said he wouldn't necessarily accept the results of the election. That's a an attack on democracy. It's treasonous. It's treasonous. Wait, now, that's treasonous? What has she been saying? But you say that the criminal justice system is front to back corrupt, and that's not an attack on our on our system of government? No, she's the same one that says after he was elected president that said that she didn't accept the results. Oh, well, that's... Yeah, of course, her hypocrisy is so obvious it hits you in the face because she thought she was going to win. So she wants Donald Trump to say, congratulations, Hillary. Get out of the way immediately. Right. But then when he won, she took a day. She couldn't come out that night. Couldn't come out that night. Couldn't do the math, Hillary. You need a back of an envelope and a broken pencil. I can help you out. She couldn't do the math, so she uh, slings out the next day to reluctantly congratulate him as she plants the seed and foments the dissent on whether he was elected legitimately. So please. All right. I want to change topics. I tried to do that a while back, but we keep coming back to this. But And that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the president has made it very obvious that he wants to get out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. All right, I have a guest that comes on this show quite often. I'm not going to elicit his name right now. But he has said this. Well, I guess I could. Uh, I won't. 
Uh, he has said this on my, my show. He has said it to me personally. He said it on the show. He said, when, when we look at Afghanistan, the United States and our military being there, he says, here's what it's going to be like. It's like we have our hand in a bucket of water. And when we pull our hand out, it will be as if we were never there. And that's what he says will happen in Afghanistan. Now, he has been there in a military capacity. He has been there in a uh, civilian capacity and in a civilian kind of military kind of capacity. And my son has told me the exact same thing. He says things are so corrupt in that uh, in that nation that the best thing that we can do is to leave that nation and let it go back to whatever it's going to go back to. With that, I have to say, if the Taliban starts setting up terrorist bases again, we go and uh, you can't say bomb them back to the Stone Age. They're already there. But go back and bomb them into non-existence, the terrorists. So I'm all about the president getting us out of there. I mean, it's. I don't know what the the amount of money is now. It's well over trillions of dollars. It's time to bring that money home. I do believe that. I don't think we should be in the business of building roads and schools, etc., for other countries before we build them at home. So, in that regard, I don't view that as a job of the military, and I don't view that as a job of the United States after it goes to war with another country. Whether or not it's in our best interests to have some military in a particular country so that we can see it coming, so to speak. Yeah, have boots on the ground, so right. to speak. Maybe. Maybe. I would probably defer to the generals on that point. Yeah, oh, yeah. But the bigger time suck, energy suck, money suck, people suck is this rebuilding that we've been doing for two decades. Sorry. I think that's enough. It's been 19 years. It's time to say we've done what we've said we were going to do. And then some. We've given you the opportunity, Karzai and all the rest of you who are running the government over there, it's on you now. You have your own military. It's on you now. And it's very hard to fix a corrupt system. And it's clearly a corrupt system. It's like... And it's a different culture. Right? It's like It's a Iraq. tribal culture. Iraq is corrupt. To this day, the only country in that whole region that's democratic is Israel. That's it. Is Israel. All of these other countries are not democratic countries. No, they all either are despots or... Broken. Despots. <laughs> or <Desmets>, right? <laughs> there was some show. Uh, that, what was it? The um, NYPD Blue, someone, uh, I had a comment once to someone about One NYPD. One of my all-time favorite shows. Great show. And I said, you know, that's a cross. This is a play on your joke, Dave. That's a cross between Hill Street Blues and Hill Street Blues. Yeah. That's all. It's a cross of one show. <laughs> it was a great show. It was, yeah. And it was so great because no one had told it as boldly right until then right who was the guy that dennis france played sipowitz yeah i love sipowitz he was great 
14 minutes uh, till 6, a quick break, and then we're back for the final segment. Robert Steinbach is here. He is a law professor at UALR's Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. It's unbelievable, Robert, but we are down to uh, 10 minutes mm-hmm. left here in the uh, the show. I hope you caught that last traffic. That's our final traffic uh, for today. And uh, weather is that there's going to be some thunderstorms around ever so often. I guess has it cleared up now? A little bit. Yeah. It's not not raining the way it was a few minutes ago. Well, you've only, your listeners only have 10 more minutes to listen to us, so it would better clear up. In nine minutes now. Right. just, we killed another minute here to where you go. All right. So you agree with me. It's it's time to get out of Afghanistan. I certainly think to the extent that. There's got to be a way of getting out. Well. We, we've got to get out of every place that we go in, meaning we, we shouldn't be a permanent presence around the world in large measure. Whether that means you keep a small operation there, that's what I'm deferring on. That I don't have an answer for you. But this rebuilding notion, that's got to yeah, come to an end. I agree. Particularly, I by the way, in corrupt countries. Yeah. And when you get over to uh, Afghanistan... You're talking corruption on a mess. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. I could bring on my buddy. I think he'd come on and maybe talk about it. I think that he's out of the protection business, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so maybe he'd come on and be honest about Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. You know, there's times that you can talk clearly and other times that you have to talk kind of obtusely, you know, kind of thing. You understand that. I'm not speaking because I'm trying to be obtuse. <laughs> All right. Dave Ellswick Show. Again, tomorrow, power panel, first three hours, last hour, Bible guys are in. I've already gotten some questions. If you have a question for the Bible guys, it can be an, it can be like, how do we get rid of the culture of violence, you know, from a religious standpoint? You can send that to uh, the Bible guys. It's just Bible, not the Bible guys, but Bible guys at salem l r s a l e m l r dot com it comes directly to me i print off the questions and i ask the bible guys on tuesday because they're on every tuesday at five o'clock just so you know that's the way it works and so they'll be here tomorrow at five all right let's finish up today a couple of political questions for you over the weekend one of the big uh, quote political announcements state senator jason rapert said he's going to run for lieutenant governor i saw that so he's giving up his position as a state senator i have to be i'm going to be honest with everybody to me jason rapert has more can do more as a state senator than he can as a lieutenant governor your thoughts on that Whether or not that is true, and it may indeed be such, uh, I know someone who's going to run for that position who's a longtime um, businessman uh, from a family business who lives in the Conway area, who is an Arkansan five or ten generations back, um, went to school here, very well educated, very smart, will be an outstanding state senator. So the loss of, of Jason 
uh, will give us the gain of someone who can do equally good things in the legislature. So I, I think we have nothing to worry about. Okay. All right. That's good. Well, we know who that person well, is running. Well, you know who it is. That state senator position. Right. Hoping that uh, uh, he'll come on the show very quickly and announce that he's going to run for that position. Right, right. I don't know how he wants to roll it out, so I'm, I'm not saying who it is yet, but he is absolutely uh, intending to run for that position. Yeah, not saying that we can't find very good replacements. I'm right. just saying, oh, I in my mind, right. you know, if you go just step up to uh, the, the, the lieutenant governor, uh, I don't know if, I don't know what Jason's idea is, uh, you know, Rayford's idea is uh, about being lieutenant governor that he can't do in a better way as a state senator. Maybe he wants That's to. That's all. And but I got to get him on and talk about right, it. I've and, already been talking to him about it. And of course, he will eventually be term limited in in the state senate position as well as lieutenant governor. Yeah. So maybe he's just figuring well, instead of running that to its full end he'll jump into the next one now hey yeah i don't know anyway right. we know that that's there i i think i heard someone said that there's somebody up in northwest arkansas that's also looking to be uh lieutenant governor on the uh republican side which means that we'll have a uh a primary no oh, sure uh, oh i would expect a primary i would uh, expect to happen that. as right. well so anyway there's some that that i thought was interesting i'm hoping this week that Doyle Webb will join us. Uh, he uh, was in uh, Charlotte last week mm-hmm. as the Republicans begin their preparations for 2020's convention. So I want to get him on and see what's going on about that and venues and what right. they think. Because I, I, as far as I know, next year we'll be at CPAC and. Uh, will be at the Republican National Convention That's as great. well. Yeah, I spoke to, to Doyle recently, in fact, about my district, and they have someone who is likely going to run for the state, the now open state Senate there, and that's what I wanted to make sure of. Yeah, that's for bond seat. That's right. That's right. Because I said, look, I'm not looking to run for anything, but if you don't have somebody, I'm going to do it. And he said, no, I think we have somebody. He seemed appreciative of my offer. I said, I don't want to run. But I will if I have yeah, to. Yeah. And he said, well, no, we're, we're talking to someone already. If that's what you're looking to find out. I said, absolutely. Then I'm not interested. I'm not interested even if you're not. But I'd do it if I had to. Because yeah, we've got we've to run Republicans in every race. Because both of us have heard through the grapevine that Tucker is thinking about running for that Oh, no, position. Tucker is running. Oh, he is oh, running. Oh, Tucker's running. Okay, right. he is so running. So Tucker's going to run. And so we need to oppose that. Tucker's a perfectly nice guy and a and a wonderful lefty, and we and I, I say that you know, ironically. Have you ever heard him say that before, right, Russ? Just, a lovable. Uh, uh, well, he's just a lovable lefty. He's a lovable lefty, is what he is. I don't need any more lovable lefties. I got you. I agree with you right. as well. He is a nice guy. Though. Yeah, very nice guy. Because when he was uh, a state rep, I had him on my show several yep. times over yep. at the Capitol. He had a couple pieces of legislation that I uh, got behind. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he. Remember, we had Joyce Elliott on. Yes, and, and she had some serious, good ideas, mm-hmm. and then other ideas. And we told her on the air we disagree with. She said that's fine. Yeah, I'm with you. Right. All right. With that said, guess what? 
We're out of time. I believe it. It's always a pleasure to have you on. You too. God bless. And during the week, he'll be in and out. He comes in and out here on the show. Of I've consciousness? Ar- uh, yeah. In it, right? I've already got him <laughs> set up for next uh, Thursday, a week from Thursday, because David Horowitz is coming right. in at three. Can't wait. And uh, I wanted to give him the opportunity to come in and talk to a man who can talk in depth about the left. That's mm-hmm. all going to come up in a week from Thursday. Tomorrow, power panels on. Don't miss that. And the Bible Guys at 5 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you, Robert. Thank you for Thank listening. You. See you again tomorrow. Two o'clock. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.